All right, ladies and gentlemen, before we begin the podcast, I have a quick kind of bit of housekeeping announcement. If you are of the Apple persuasion, we are now on iTunes. You can search for Gibberfish or Gibberfish Podcast, and we should be there somewhere. If you're uh, listening to us via an Android device or you're listening to us on the Podbean website, which I actually do at work uh, for like Joe Rogan experience when I'm very, very, very bored, you can actually find us with the same logo of the kind of microphone and Gibberfish Podcast mm. logo that we've been using on social media. If you are out there and weren't aware of the fact we're on iTunes now, it's been about a week or so, and if uh, you're a person of Apple persuasion, head on out to the yeah, iTunes If you're store. one of those trendy kids that's still using the old iPod classics, that you can download us onto the iPod now. Yeah, I mean, we don't judge. Yeah. Everybody makes mistakes. Yeah. Some people make Apple-based mistakes. Yeah. Enjoy losing all your money to a walled garden. And in the meantime, on with the show. Yep, let's get, let's get crack a lacking. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I may be mad at Dom Anderson, but here we are ready to talk gibberish, aren't we, Dom? Yeah, why, why are you mad at me? Last episode. Yeah, what did I do? You fucked up. Did I fuck up? How did I fuck you up? You fucked up bad, son. Um, when I said we should watch Batman Ninja, you simply said we shouldn't do it. It's bad. You were not frank enough with me in that discussion. You oh, should have been much more clear. I should have said it's Holocaust, but that makes the Holocaust look like a warm, sunny day. Like a warm, sunny day in March where it's like, well, this is a nice surprise. Yeah, when you don't expect it. No, Batman Ninja is the equivalent to getting shit on your shoe, but as you keep walking through it, the shit travels up to your trouser leg and then the smell hits you. No, Batman Ninja is like realizing you've got shit on your shoe and then realizing it's your shit. You're shitting on your own shoe. What the fuck did I just watch? It's horrible. It's bad. It's a fucking nightmare. Yep. I watched it from like several points of view and I started texting you and I stopped texting you because we're getting so mad overthinking. I just thought if I turn the brain off, I can get through yeah. anything. It's a real a brain on the table bit of Like I can just maybe enjoy it a little bit. This was so bad. I yeah. couldn't turn off and real just bad. watch it. There are some points. I mean, the whole story, like I was like, okay, the story is stupid. That's fine. It's a fucking Batman comic. I'm not showing it's up not here. It's about my comic. I'm pretty sure this is an original concept. <laughs> someone, someone actually thought, you know what would be a good funny thing to do? Let's make Batman, Robin, Nightwing, Red Hood. Let's fucking bring in Red Robin as well. Fuck it. Let's make him a ninja. But that's not a bad idea. It's a terrible idea. No, it's not. <laughs> it's a fucking horrible you idea. You take Batman, who is known for his technology and planning and stuff like that, and you take him out of that situation where he knows his shit in Gotham City in... 2018 i assume batman is in the current day yeah and then you just say okay now go survive in japan in the sengoku jedi yeah that works as an idea what this did was wrong (laughs) fundamentally wrong like fingering your sister level wrong (laughs) dom just made a face that was awesome so it's a pretty good scene to be honest (laughs) the idea behind it is passable like we'll we'll give it a go it should have been done as a good like i think if you were going to say let's take a character out of time and out of place and shove him in somewhere new batman in japan with samurais is a good idea 
when the thing starts, like when he travels back to Japan and he's attacked by three guys in samurai armor with a mask that looks like the Joker's mask, and he says, Who sent you? You're no longer the world's greatest detective. You're a fucking moron, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you are an absolute charlatan and a fraud yeah. and an idiot in a Batman gimp costume. Fuck off out of here with that shit. Later on, when he meets, um, I think he meets Catwoman is the first person he meets out of the thing. And then all of a sudden, he's surprised to see Alfred has also teamed up with Catwoman. Like, they just happen to meet each other because they're the kind of two almost normal people. Like, they seem to be kind of working together. Yeah. So they were like, well, we're the kind of normal people from the future. We're not giant crocodiles or giant gorillas or like half-faced like psychopaths or whatever. Yeah, We're the kind of normal people. We should team up and work together. Like, okay, that makes sense. Catwoman does nothing. Yeah, she's just there to make a better, a longer runtime. I don't know why she's there. She's there for Batman's like introductory screen as like the new cat, the new player in the game. Hmm. He's there. She's there for that, and then for one little pun about girl on girl action. That was it. With when it's her and Harley. Harley Quinn is a fucking mess. At one yeah. point, she hits someone with her hammer into Batman's like vehicle which is still running for some fucking reason because alfred can maintain the batmobile even in feudal japan where yeah the technology is as at most as the most advanced it could be is a rifle yeah, yeah he can keep the fucking batmobile which is a tank it's a tank <laughs> a tank <laughs> that has a plane in it that has a bike in it it is three separate vehicles just kind of jammed into one another like some kind of fucking vehicle or turducken and then he just simply like keeps oiling it and that makes it fine yeah it, i don't know i don't fucking know but at some point harley quinn I, this is where like the technical side of things got to me because i was actually kind of enjoying that weird kind of 3d effect they had going on it was mm. a bit kind of persona slash jojo-esque like, okay i'm kind of in with this it's different but we're talking about batman being sent back in time to be a ninja i guess we'll just go with it we'll just put logic to the to the wayside just now yeah, I mean, not everything has to be the Batman cartoon. Some stuff should be in different medium. That's fine. Mm. The fact that she hits a guy with her hammer, he flies into a car, and there is no noise. She There's the noise of her hammer going in the air, the hammer kind of hitting something that isn't flesh or armor, and then the sound of that thing hitting a metal car makes no noise at all. Go back and watch it. There was no fucking noise. I was livid. There's no... There's no number on heaven or earth or any other plane of existence that can make me rewatch Batman Ninja. It, I didn't even make it to the end. That's how pissed off I got. It, it, I made it all the way through to the end. It gets worse and progressively worse. You can't believe how bad it gets. I've heard something about a giant mech. There are. Every member of the Joker's gang or, or, or Joker's kind of entourage of his, like his cabal of evil dickheads. Two Face, Deadshot, um, Deadshot. I thought it was Deathstroke. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Well, one's a pretty <laughs> cool character. The other one's just dead shot. Um, I don't care if it's Will Smith. He's still a shit character. <laughs> there was... Uh, there, basically, every... Poison Ivy has one as well. They all have their own little castles that also just become mechs for no fucking reason. The last half of this, like the last 20 minutes, is a mecha battle between palaces that at one point form a Voltron out of palaces into a bigger palace mecha thing so it's like five castle bots forming one super castle bot but don't worry because a mecha made out of monkeys will save the day a mecha 
what Gorilla Grodd just decides, fuck it, I'm going to make my own. At some point, I can't remember who the fuck it is, because at this point I was binge drinking. Somebody gives, somebody gets access to a flute. I think it might be someone in Gorilla Grodd's entourage. Is a little, no, actually it's Robin has a pet monkey from the era that he just you're gonna have found. To be, you're going to have to be more specific because there's... Robin Robin. Four Robins. The, the smallest Robin. The actual Robin, not yeah. Red Robin or Red Hood or Nightwing. No, none of those guys. It's just Robin. One of those guys just has, like, littlest Robin has a little monkey that plays a flute. This flute, when played at the right time, which just so happens to be in the middle of the Mecha Fortress battle, summons an army of monkeys who then form their own Voltron of monkeys. It is literally a monkey made out of monkeys i'm not having a stroke here that's what happens incidentally a voltron of monkeys would be a good name for some kind of parody band let's <laughs> go guys we're a voltron of monkeys let's start off with our first song shit show let's go let's go <laughs> aka batman ninja yeah. i i just I, I i just i watched this thing and was like i think i'm having some kind of fever dream yeah i, it, I genuinely thought i'd passed out from you know a stroke or something i it, genuinely had to watch uh, I went back just as a sort of palate cleanser. I went back and rewatched uh, most of the Batman animated series, Mask of the Phantasm, which is a fucking fantastic movie. Uh, I watched some of Batman Beyond, good show, just to kind of think, right, this yeah. is good Batman. This is Batman done right. This is what happens when you get Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill in the same room. Yeah. Good Batman Joker. This this whole thing did not, and that was the other thing is a good Joker performance can sell just about any ridiculous yeah. idea. I don't know who was playing their Joker. It wasn't Mark Hamill. It wasn't Kevin Michael Richardson, who I quite enjoy as the Joker. Yeah. I think he's quite fun. This was just some guy. Yeah, this I th- it does sound like it was just Jim for The Office. Yeah. Not Jim from the actual TV show The Office. That would at least be kind of weird yeah. and interesting in its own way. Yeah, um, they must have just got Jim the janitor from just any office in and around the recording studio. Just went, you want to be the Joker? Sure, I can be the Joker. I have a facial deformity, but fuck it, why not? I just... I don't know whose idea this this idea was perfect. This execution was tragic. That's the yeah. only way I can put it. I'm sorry if somebody who listens to this worked on that, but you did a bad thing. Yeah. A very, very bad thing. But Dom fucked it up by not being brutal enough about this thing. I apologize. Yeah, yeah, I, I demand I'll, satisfaction. I will apologize, but mainly because I think I didn't go all in on trashing it because there are some people out there and in all fairness, more power to you if you like that movie. But yeah, there are probably some people that think, oh, Batman Ninja was the greatest thing that happened since Keith Ledger's Joker in The Dark Knight. Which, if you do think that, stop listening. Leave. Just, yeah, go. How dare you compare it? Probably, in my opinion, the only flawless performance I've ever seen. I just, I, I watched that and felt like I was sick in some way. Yeah. Like so I said, yeah. I had to go and brain bleach watch good Batman stuff. If for some reason you heard us talking about Batman Ninja and thought they'll get right around to watching that, by the way, sorry we've been off for two weeks, it's just been a nightmare, but if you were watching that thinking, they'll be covering this any day now, I can't wait to join in the discussion at Jibberfish on Twitter, Yep, we are very, very, very sorry. If you, after listening to this episode or or previous episode, thought, yeah, I'm going to go and listen to that Batman Ninja, I'm going to go and watch that Batman Ninja on Netflix, hey, Sorry, you spent a Netflix subscription to watch that piece of shit, and sorry you had to even sorry you had even had the thought to watch that piece of shit. 
Yeah. There's, there's plenty of other Batman things out there that are fucking great. If you want a good animated Batman movie to watch from recent years, uh, watch The Dark Knight Returns Part 1 and 2. Uh, the guy that voices Ro- the guy that played Robocop, Peter Weller, he plays Batman fucking perfectly. One of the best animated Batman Superman fights you'll ever see. All in right. my opinion, if they combined The Dark Knight Returns Part 1 and 2, the animated movie, and made it live action, it would wipe its dick all over Batman vs. Superman. And I actually kind of like Batman vs. Superman. Even with Martha. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> Henry Cavill even apologised for that. <laughs> but no, if you watch the director's cut of the movie, it's not bad. I mean, it's not great. There's some flaws, but it's not bad. I'm trying to remember. Did we discuss the fact that Henry Cavill has now made his first appearance as uh, Geralt from The Wizard? The Witcher. <laughs> the Wizard? The Wizard. From The, from the Wizard the wi- 3 he, Wild Hunt. He's going to be The Wizard 3 Wild Hunts. <laughs> <laughs> he's playing the titular character, 3. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's playing a uh, playing Geralt. Yeah, it, to me, he looks too young. Did you did you see the they did it's like a six like second the, thing the of makeup him test thing, walking yeah. out of shadow? And I think he looks way too clean. But I think in yeah, action, gonna sort that it out. will look better. Yeah, I think because I think they're going for a younger Geralt. I think this is him just after he meets Siri. Okay, and Siri is this stupidly powerful young child that gets sent away to train as a witcher because. I think one of the kings realised that she's going to become a pawn eventually. She needs mm. to learn how to fight now. And Geralt is one of the sort of best witchers around in years. I think he, out of several villages that the witchers went to, he was the only one that was accepted. And he was, I think he was like the last witcher for the past 200 years or something. Witchers mm. have a long lifespan, by the way. 200 years is about 20 minutes to them. Damn, son. Yeah. <laughs> I think in... And the uh, by the time of the Witcher three, Geralt's about one hundred and ninety. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's because they've got they've augmented their bodies and they take sort of all these different kind of concoctions that would kill a normal human that kind of lengthens their life, makes them damn near invulnerable as well. Which would explain the fact that it would work as a video game and as a TV series. Yeah, but I'm hoping they give him more cuts on the face because he looks too clean for me. Yeah, Geralt's meant to be. He's not your typical fighter. He fights. He can fight with his fists. He can fight with his swords, and he and he never really turns away from a scrap. Yeah, he'll so. have a lot of scars on the front and on the back. Yeah. So I think yeah, I think once they get it into short in the wig as well, the wig's too yeah. long. Once they get it into action, I think it will look a lot better. Yeah. But I'm, and this is I'm pretty a, optimistic. Yeah, and it's just a makeup test. They've probably just seen how it looks. They'll probably sort that again by the time it comes to you know production. But yeah, I'm looking quite looking forward to it. The two th- the two things for me that he needs to get right. He needs to get the like the swagger at Geralt because the guy is, is a fairly cocky bastard if you play the games and he, he needs to get his swagger right and he needs to get the voice right mm-hmm. it's a very sort of gravelly low pitched American voice and obviously Henry Cavill being British yeah I was hoping that he'd be speaking I, I don't know maybe why I thought they would do that in a six second trailer but just like a, a hello yeah just the kind with of the voice you but ooh I mean, even I just kind of I like Geralt of Rivia I'm a witcher that kind of thing just so you can hear the voice but it's very early days, so we've got plenty of time. Yeah, I don't know when it comes out, but it's it's a long way away. Yeah, we're we're a bit away from that, and I think that's also coming to Netflix as well. That is a Netflix exclusive. Yeah. Netflix is getting a lot of good shit just now. Yeah, the I've been watching uh, their stand up specials because they grab a ton of stand ups, yeah. and uh, they get the, obviously we're big fans of Joe Rogan. Yeah. They got Joe Rogan stuff on oh, there. What was his latest uh, special, Strange Times. Strange Times. I've watched it twice now, and I fucking great. I just was bored and I had it like I'm with my parents. They've got a smart TV. I just synced my Netflix account up, and I was like, I'm gonna watch Joe Rogan. <laughs> nice. 
And then my mum walked in, and uh, luckily it wasn't too bad of it. He was talking about cats. Oh, the, vegan cat. Yeah, I was talking about cats in general. Yeah. I don't think he, I think he'd already done the vegan cat bits, which is good because that's mostly just Joe Rogan screaming with the fact that you can't feed a cat cauliflower, bitch. You, you like, can't feed a carnivore. Just, you can't feed a carnivore. It's like tofurkey or whatever the fuck it is. But I'm vegan. Me and my cat, we had a great five years together. Cats can live up to 20 years, you selfish prick. <laughs> you murdered that thing very slowly. Yeah, it reminds me of that bit in Futurama when uh, people are protesting outside <laughs> Professor Farnsworth's window. <laughs> we thought a lot eat tofu, and then it was just a skinny, right. emaciated. Eat. This is a skinny, emaciated looking cat. Just kind of going, <coughs> like coughing a lung up or something. The only problem is, have you actually been to the hashtag vegan cat now? Yeah, it's just full it's of Joe just Rogan. It's just people being like, where's the stuff Joe Rogan told me about? I want to see the vegan cats. <laughs> <laughs> I think they'll have, I want to see where they've evacuated to. Like, I wonder if it's just vegan cat too. <laughs> vegan. <laughs> There's a bunch of people hiding out going, hopefully Joe Rogan doesn't make another special on us. <laughs> but I watched a bunch of like his friends, uh, like people he's done, uh, most of the people from uh, his Sober October Challenge. Oh, the, what was it, the Degenerates? I watched the Degenerates. I oh. watched uh, uh, Tony... Hinchcliffe? No... Joey Diaz, sorry. Joey Diaz. Joey Diaz, and I watched uh, Brad Williams, who is quite. I watched his. Weirdly enough, he is a he's a dwarf comic, but his. Oh yeah, yeah. His he, one hour special is better than that half hour he did there. Yeah. And his one hour special was from like, uh, two years ago. Hmm. Somebody just sent me the link. He said, "Have you ever seen this guy before? I know you do comedy stuff. So do you know this guy?" And I just he just sent me the link. He was like, "This guy's really funny." Yeah. There's a lot of, like his the half hour he has relies way too much on the fact that he's a dwarf. Hmm. But the one hour special that he has is good. Because there's a lot of, yes, I'm a dwarf, but here's other situations that I get into that I've noticed are weird from the perspective of a dwarf. He's good. He's got some good shit. But uh, Joey Diaz's stuff was fucking brutal. I fucking love it, though. I fucking, I love Joey Diaz. I used to, because he was one of those comedians that I didn't realise was on British TV for a bit. He'd done some uh, specials on, not special. he'd done some appearances on some Comedy Central shows, or Paramount Comedy as it was back in the day watched quite a bit of his stuff and I thought nah he's just he's not really good but I think now with a sort of different perspective on it he's one of the best comedians I've ever listened to I need to go find out what his deal is because I listened to him on uh, the as Joe Rogan's podcast he mm. just had him on for uh, like a chat and I was out walking and listening to the story and I was like what the fuck has this guy done like he, he oh dude he has a he's path. got a story yeah yeah it, to give you a brief synopsis uh, born in Cuba em- it, would he be emigrated? Uh, emigrated, emig- yeah. Emigrated to New York with his um, with his mother. Can't remember if the father was in the picture. But yeah, his his mother basically ran ran a bookkeeping operation. I mean, the whole crux of it is Joy Diaz hasn't really had the best life. It kind of got mm. pushed through. I think he was drug addict by the time he was eighteen in jail. By the time he was twenty one odd or something. Yeah, he said something about like he kidnapped somebody. Yeah. And he, holy shit, and he, he spent time in jail for that. His daughter's stepdad, because okay, she, uh, this guy that he kidnapped, kept calling him a racial slur, and he kept checking him on it, saying, "You can't use that kind of language in front of the kid. If that kid says, if my kid says that thing to me again, I'm coming after you." So the, his daughter just kept saying it in front of him, and he said, hey, "Tell your stepdad I want to talk to him." Then. <laughs> think he was dropping her back off dropping the kid back off at her mum's and he just went you're coming with me and then obviously the guy stepdad was hesitant to it so Joy Diaz just kidnapped him hmm. Joy Diaz has a fucking past 
and that's why I think genuinely he's one of the best storytellers in, in comedy right now. I think for me it goes Joey Diaz is at the top, then it goes uh, uh, Jay Okerson. You know, you ever heard of Jay Okerson? Nah. Fucking great, uh, great comedian, very, very good uh, uh, storyteller. Again, uh, if you're like sort of Joey Diaz, bad way into the kind of Joe Rogan circle, yeah, <laughs> almost, you fucking love Jay Okerson. I think he's yeah. pretty good comedian. We we talked about the fact we love uh, Bill Burr. Oh, yeah, fucking I fucking I've rewatched all his stuff in the last week or so. I just every night I just got into a groove. I was like, I want to hear somebody who's really angry about nothing in yeah. particular, and oh, then also ever, angry about overpopulation. Yeah. Have but, you ever watched his uh, One Punch Man bit? I I did see something about the fact that he watched he, he watched anime or he said that he'd watched a yeah. bit of One Punch Man because somebody said all it was One a, Punch Man. Really? Because uh, there's an eight minute bit. Yeah, if you go on YouTube and type in Bill Burr One Punch Man. Uh, he's, he talks about uh, for the first like, couple minutes he explains what One Punch Man is and he just talks about how he put it up on Twitter just saying hey watching this One Punch Man show it's fucking great and then anime Twitter showed up yeah then people <laughs> just started going you fucking ruined One Punch Man for me but every all the same people just going Bill Burr watches anime fucking respect you all the more you nice. angry Bostonian yeah <laughs> I just I watched that and I was like I, or I remember seeing stuff about him and saying yeah, I, I posted one thing about it, and all of a sudden, everyone's giving me like a thousand recommendations, and they're mad that I don't watch everything that they do, and it's just fucking nuts. And I'm like, yeah, anime Twitter's fucking yeah. ludicrous. Love it though. Fucking anime love anime fans are just fucking ridiculous people in general. And with social media now, it's hype. We're yeah. like, dude, we fucking got the shit. Yeah. It's um, who's the who's the one that was? Somebody came into like voice act on something and was just blown away. I can't remember who the fuck it was. Anyway, the comedians, uh, yeah, I watched uh, Joey Diaz and then Bill Burr stuff. And I watched um, Tom Segura. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, I think he's it, another one of Joe Rogan's like, inner circle. Yeah, he was. he's part of Sober Tover. And I watched uh, Ari Shafir stuff. His stuff is dark. Yeah, he gets dark. but he's, I love it. He's a fucking but, great comedian. Yeah. I had, um, I was watching Double Negative. So it's the, the childhood part and the adulthood part. And the childhood yeah. part is just a running joke of, girl I know got pregnant off a Tinder date. And it's just him running through every theory about why he doesn't have kids, why he doesn't want kids, mm. why there's all this stuff, like, why he, you know, all the hang-ups and all the, the negatives and stuff, and, it, like, comparing the life of a childless man like him to, say, friends of his that have kids. It's, dude, you people have made a fucking mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you see that he can just do whatever the fuck he wants. Kind of has a point, but I, I kind of wonder where that goes in, like, 20 years. I think it's fine when you're in your 30s, maybe in your 40s. Mm. But mm, I think when you get up to that, when you get up there in years, once the, it stops being a, an option, I mean, with the guys, it technically never stops being an option. Yeah. However, it does, there are complications. Yeah. And we've known for a long while that if a woman holds off on having a child, there are serious complications. I think that, like, every 10 years, the percentage chance of a child having Down syndrome increases by 10%. Yeah. That's fucking harsh. And I would say once you hit 50, once you hit about 55 is menopause. I don't know, maybe it's changed, but yeah. I think 55 used to be about menopause time. That's like 50% chance yeah. of a child having Down syndrome. You're like, wow, that's horrible like odds for the yeah. for the mother. But apparently with guys, there's, there are complications with the sperm. Yeah, you could still technically do it, but the child might be a bit iffy Yeah, on the other end of things, and that's putting it mildly. Yeah. But there was, uh, who else is it? Oh, Burt Kreischer. Yeah. The last one the guys from Subwork October and I think it was actually because I watched Tom Segura stuff, he has a weird perspective on events hmm. and he gets like a weird insight and I quite like it. I think that's what started me on Bill Burr's thing was that they're kinda the same in that aspect. Bill Burr's just madder about the things yeah, that he Bill sees. Burr's just an angry, angry man. 
Yeah. But the uh, Burt Kreischer stuff is quite funny. I watched his uh, the machine bit, which is the the if you <laughs> with the Russian mafia story. Yeah, oh, fucking brilliant. <laughs> of of all the storytelling things, like this one, I kind of like. I don't know if he's faking it. I kind of don't care. It's Do kind you, of perfect enough. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember the movie Van Wilder with Ryan Reynolds? No. Right. Don't think I've ever seen it. It's it's a pretty good. It's one of those you know early two thousands college movies that okay. everybody probably would have watched, but. The whole, the whole point of the film is he spent seven years in college uh, trying to get some kind of degree, but he basically become the big, the, became the big partier on campus. Okay. If you wanted a party, you came to Van Wilder. That's based on Bert Krischer. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Genuinely, there's like uh, articles and stuff about how he took seven and a half years to complete uh, college, but he became known as like the king of parties in, in that sort of campus. Hmm. Yeah. That should be interesting. And now, and now watching, like, I'm now going to go and watch that, but now knowing that it's based on another, yeah. uh, based on a comedian who now stands in the middle of, like, Holly, like in the middle of, like, these weird Hollywood kind of theatres, shirtless. Yeah. Yelling about how, like, you can totally still drink beer, like, until you pass out when you're in your mid-40s and you've got two kids. That's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Is <laughs> a story about the, was a parents' night or something that he goes to? Mm-hmm. So he tells his he tells one of his daughters like hurry up and get in the car. So he goes to grab what he thinks are two tins of diet cola out the fridge. Then when he gets to the place, he realizes it's two cores light, and he just goes, "I might have a problem. <laughs> I might have a problem, but a beer would solve that problem." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I he his stuff was good. I watched Secret Time. I don't think I've seen the special with the actual machine story. I just had to watch the machine story as a clip. I can't remember which one it comes from. But I think there's one from before Secret Time. That made him famous, and now he's got the uh, the body shots tour that he's doing, and I wonder yeah. if that becomes a special down the road. It probably will. Yeah, uh, most the uh, most comedy tours get picked up by Netflix at some point. He's pimping it out so much, I'd be yeah. surprised if it didn't turn into a, a special. But the who was the other one? Oh yeah, it's a uh, one that I got into like a while back. Um, Eliza Schlesinger. Oh yeah, I, I remember she won last, um, comic, last standing. comic standing. That yeah. was the only season that I watched. Because it was on uh, Comedy Central at the time, and I thought, "Fuck it, why not?" Yeah, and it, she was actually quite funny. But I think now she's just went down the route that all female comedians go down, and it's fucking heartbreaking. It's it's not bad actually. She's weird enough. She's so weird in her performance. Yeah, the stories she's telling aren't that weird, but the like weird little things she adds to it help balance out the fact that it, yes, it's another female comic talking about relationships yeah. and breakup advice. And how to get a guy, and the pressures of dating and staying yeah. slim and doing stuff. But the, her last couple ones have been pretty good. Uh, I think the only one I didn't enjoy that much was uh, Freezing Hot. But other than that, I think she got three or four stand-up specials yeah. on Netflix as well. Freezing Hot and good, good shit. I really, yeah. I was like, oh, good. Finally, there's you know, I can't remember a female which one comic. I, I can say when somebody goes, I don't like female comics. You go, Have you tried yeah. this one? There was one that I've seen that I just thought, right. You're, you're kind of playing it a bit too safe, like talking about, you know, all the breakups and dating each other. I think almost kind of how imbalanced the gender ratio is in comedy, you need to kind of do the safe one that's going to make people laugh, and then you do the balls to the wall, right? I'm going to talk about what I actually want to talk about. Yeah. Which is fucking stupid, I think, but... It's, it's wrong. If it's going I to sell, they need to, yeah. yeah. It's wrong, but I don't know how to fix it. Yeah, it's beyond my capabilities. I know. But no, if anyone wants, if anyone's looking for a female comedian, I always just throw out Ashling B, uh, Irish comedian. She was on TV shows over in the UK, like um, Russell Howard's Good News. She was on uh, Live at the Apollo. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, probably on Michael McIntyre's Comedy Roadshow. Hate Michael McIntyre. Yeah, but he, he absolutely hate the guy. He, he didn't know. His TV show was good because he was on it very little. No, it was not good. <laughs> the fact the that he was there at all. The comedian was on it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> no, Ashland B is a good comedian. Uh, comedian. Uh, is it just is a blanket term comedian now, or do you have to? Is it comedian and comedian? I think if because we're the way of actor as well. There's no actor or actress. Everyone's just actors now. Because we're Scottish, people would just assume we're mispronouncing it. Yeah, I think we can get away with it. Yeah, well, comedian, comedian. I will just go comedian because comedian, comedian, comedian. As a comedian, what's his name? Dolly Boy. No, I'm thinking of Danny Boy. Comedian Danny Boy. Actually, he's uh, he's not bad. Actually, I think I remember seeing him a while ago. He's uh, a good Indian Scottish guy. comedian. A uh, Scottish Indian guy. Yeah. He's absolutely fucking brutal. And he's got one of my favourite accents of all time. The hybrid Indian Glaswegian accent. There's not much of it there, but it is there. And yeah. Fu- it's the reason why I love the character uh, Navid and still game so much. Yeah, Navid the classic. The accent. I mean, the accent is about ten percent of the performance. The rest of it is Sanjeev Kohli just being the funniest fucker. <laughs> but no, they, they, I fucking love that accent. Who is the actually speaking of like Scottish comedians? I watched Frankie Boyle stuff. He's just getting too vitriolic and spiteful for my liking now. He's just trying yeah. to, It reminds me of the time the one and only time I went to see him uh, perform live. It was in a comedy club in Edinburgh down on York Place. You won't know what York Place is. No, none <laughs> of the people listening will. It's a street in Edinburgh <laughs> uh, down at a comedy club in Edinburgh called the Stand. And I thought, right. It's going to be good because it's a small, intimate setting. He might actually do some crowd work, get a bit of ribbon, but he actually tore into someone so fucking spitefully and so aggressively that that person actually just left. Yeah, so, he's done that before. And it's just not funny anymore. I, I mean, I I'm, think all for a good, I'm all for a good bit of ripping because I think when you've got brothers, that, yeah. that just becomes funny when you're ripping on each other and you're kind of ragging on each other. He was a revolution in playground comedy for us when we were yeah. young. The shit he would come out with yeah. on the BBC on Mock the Week was yeah. like, my dad would shag your dad, and your dad will like it. That <laughs> was like brutal. That was like, oh, we yeah. can, we can, we can just take it that far. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> see you on the playground on Monday, motherfuckers. <laughs> it's gonna get dirty as hell. I'm gonna say that, and then someone's gonna tell me to go home because I said something bad. But that was just a revolution in comedy for us. And I actually, at the height of like just before you got kicked off of Mock the Week for the uh, the, joke, the joke about the Queen. Um, there was um, he did a show in Kirkcaldy, I think. My dad got tickets, and mm. he said, "Do you want to come along?" I said, "I'd like to, but my English exam is tomorrow, and I'm really worried about it. I'm gonna just study." Yeah, <laughs> my brother went in his play in my place. He was 15 at the time and went to an 18 year old comedy gig, and everyone saw straight through it, including Frankie Boyle, who spotted him. My brother is a lanky dick. <laughs> he uh, he was immediately noted. And was the subject of many a... Your dad will explain that one later to you when you get home. <laughs> my dad had a lot of explaining to do. None of it was to my mother who just said, I fucking knew it was going to happen. I fucking knew this was going to happen. Yeah, it's always bad when you have to bring a notepad with a explanation. But the, the second joke that he told upon, after the intermission... <laughs> you know what? I don't even get that one. I'm not going to explain it. Right. The whole thing about jizzing on orphans is that... <laughs> <laughs> right. Richard Hammond, he was in a bad accident... <laughs> He hit a wall really hard, so it's always going to be funny to ask him, remember your wedding day? (laughs) (laughs) 
Who was that? He got in a lot of fucking trouble for that joke in Mock the Week. I think actually that might have been the one that yeah. kicked him off because no, the BBC, the, the BBC had to answer <laughs> for the uh, the joke about the Queen for he said, I'm now so my pussy is haunted, which was great because I, I get to watch there's a clip of a like news reporter, like, I think it's question time or something, yeah. not question time, a news round or something. Some, asking him, asking some. the director of the BBC, like just reading it off a piece of paper, saying, "I am now so old, my pussy is haunted." <laughs> to the director of, the, like, basically her boss's boss's boss, yeah. and saying, "Could you explain <laughs> yourself for allowing that on television?" And he's like, "No, <laughs> I <laughs> will not. <laughs> I will. I I can't explain it. I just pay for the shows to yeah. exist." I don't. I give think a at shit. that point, the only explanation you could then do is just pull out the the revenue from Mock the Week. Just like this is this is a ratings. This is how much money he brought us. I ain't saying shit. Click. I went back and watched um old what's clips was that again? Because I've been off for two weeks. Yeah. And it went to a fucking weird place. It happens every time. If I'm off for a prolonged period of time, I'm not working every day. My brain just goes, "What do you want to do? What do you want to look at? What do you want to just Google for like twelve hours?" I'm obsessed with building tables now. I want to build a table. <laughs> That's where this place like, it just goes to weird shit after weird shit. But it started off with uh, Mock the Week, uh, Scenes We Like to See. Oh, yeah, yeah. That show was amazing. I can't believe it's. Like, is it still around? It's it might still be. going, but it's not even worth watching anymore. You remember uh, Andy Parsons? Yeah. He became the funniest thing on the show, and he's not that funny. He's funny when he's surrounded by other people who are actually funny. Yeah, when he can bounce he, shit off. Yeah, people. when he's just stuck there making his jokes and like making stuff that tries to work but it's so awkward that it works yeah. in its own way then you remember um milton jones the guy that would come yeah. into these weird kind of random one-liners he'd show up once a season it'd be like oh here we go it's the he milton jones episode yeah. he became a regular and everyone's talking about you know pretty substantial political topics and he would come in and go one-liner the crowd would laugh and i would always be sitting at home going that's not even fucking funny that was weird. That was the so weird uncle because he looks like some fucker's weird uncle yeah. with the Hawaiian shirts and the fucking Einstein hair. It's weird that he looks like he's been electrified and rained on at the same time. Yeah, he, he looks weird both crispy thing. and soggy at the same time. Yeah, looks vaguely. I, I'm gonna just say moist to annoy yeah. any listeners who don't like the word moist. <laughs> moist. Oh, I incidentally found out that one of my friends is uh, vehemently against the word gusset. That's a weird, like, yeah. there's some weird, like, hills can, to die on. And I, if you combine that with the word moist, she freaks the fuck out. <laughs> it's always women. I don't know why, but every time I find somebody who doesn't like the word moist, it's a woman. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. And particularly when you've got the sort of the vocal ranges that we have, we've got a slightly deeper voice, it adds a level of creep to it. Because if you just kind <laughs> of, especially if you're on the phone, I mean, just kind of bring the, bring the microphone a bit closer to your mouth and just go, moist. They immediately goes from, yeah, and just, oh, don't say that word. <laughs> and we're hanging up this phone, phone call now. I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> you took it to a weird place, though. No daddy, no. <laughs> Speaking of no daddy, no, have you seen the thing about Google, uh, I would talk about the Google sexual harassment walkouts? No, I did not see that. Basically, Google being a multinational company, there are issues with the Me Too movement where they've said uh, Google's policies don't work. And they don't exactly process, or they don't really chase up on people who are like issues. Hmm. And one of the case studies that came out, and I got this one from uh, Philip DeFranco's show, was that there was a guy in charge of a group called LabX. And LabX is pretty like important in terms of like Google philosophy nowadays. Hmm. They basically started the idea of failing faster. So the idea is that you'd get a project, you'd walk in, you'd fuck it up, you take as many notes as you can on how you fucked up, and then you go back to the start again. 
and you'd follow it through. And it would basically be you'd learn from your mistakes. But the idea was that too many people in corporate America and tech America especially had this habit of trying to fix it as they went along. The idea of failing faster was you just run at the wall. And eventually you will either go over the like mountain of your own corpses that bash themselves to death against the wall or, or you you'll just break through the open. wall. <laughs> well, you break through the wall eventually. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, but these guys were like pioneers and that and they've got like a legacy as Google's like test bed for fail faster and it became like a huge part of the company's ethos. Turns out there's also a guy in there that's a real fucking creep. Uh, <laughs> the the story they had was of a woman who went to transfer into that department. She was like a software engineer or coding engineer or something like that. She was uh, applying for the job and put in a regular reservation and then just decided to say, I think it was, um, yeah, can I, can I do this? Can I do this? The guy said, oh, uh, I don't know if you know this, but my wife and I are swingers. Uh, we have a, we're polyamorous, we have an open relationship, and we'd like you to uh, join us at Burning Man. That should send off all the red flags. Yeah. This woman was 24 at the time, <laughs> and didn't know how to tell the guy to shove it up his own ass. Uh, he had well, I think what she should have done was, uh, you know, used a diagram that probably would have helped if she couldn't say it, just <laughs> draw it out saying this is you this is the job this is your ass <laughs> goodbye she couldn't figure out how to say no because she's 24 and no. there's a point in your career when you're like i need to make it work yeah you need to make just dope. say yes to anything um she was he took her out to burning man and said she could bring a plus one uh, so she brought her mom Interesting play. She'd have brought a police officer. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd have brought a police officer too. Um, but I don't, I don't think that works at Burning Man. Um, but they had the mom, even though her, her mom was there, she decided to, or the guy still decided to try and make some moves. I was trying to convince her to take her top off so he could give her a neck massage. I don't mm. see why mm. you need the top off, sir. I'm going to be entirely honest with you. You're a fucking creepy bastard. Yeah, that's like me. That's like me saying, "Oh, dude, uh, give me your credit card. I'm gonna, I'm gonna head back to your house and check the taps." I mean, <laughs> they don't add up. Yeah, yeah, you don't need that thing. Yeah. Do do the other thing. Um, yeah. Worst thing of all of this, uh, although she didn't, uh, she was given a neck massage, but she managed to keep her top on, which is a low bar to cross as a like high point in the story. The bad point in the story is that she was never going to get the job. Yeah, that's just. And his excuses. Well, I thought she knew. What a fucking creep. Yeah, that's that's pretty cunty. Get right off there, you fucking cunt. Yeah, I'd, I'd have sacked him. I'd, I'd just, I wouldn't even have said, oh, can I talk to him? And I would have just went, yeah, you're fine. <laughs> Pack your shit and leave. Get the fuck out of here, you creepy little grubby fuck. Well, I think this whole thing started because it's pretty endemic at Google. Apparently they fired 48 people in the last two years. 48 fucking hell and it's like management position level people who have been inappropriate in the workplace holy shit that's two people a month for a yes it's a multinational company they've got yeah. a couple thousand employees 48 people in two yeah. years it amazes me what people think they can get away with just because they're not seen yeah. because obviously google you see the the search engine that's genuinely the product that they put out it still doesn't mean the people that aren't seen can just do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, I just it's fucking disgusting, scary. <laughs> it's yeah. The people that it was just that widespread. 
I, I just I read that I read that story after seeing it on Philip Frank show. I thought, how creepy do you have to be? Like maybe you know you should just leave. <laughs> I don't know what the, the there's like some people get pay packets, some people just get fired straight up, or some yeah. people don't get it on any kind of permanent record. They just get told to leave and leave quietly, and yeah. then the company will keep quiet. But the Google March or the Google kind of walkouts were all to say, yeah, maybe we actually make it into a thorough investigation that anyone can see and that everyone should be aware of whilst kind of protecting the anonymity of the employee filing the complaint. Hmm. That's apparently another issue. Yeah, I genuinely don't even know where to begin with that. But yeah, I think think Google did the right thing by just getting rid of the people because there's not much you can do. It becomes a public event at that point if people, you know, just start coming out about it. Yeah, I think you, you have just your to, entire think, staff walking yeah. out, and actually they they did a good thing where they they like from the the top. I think I can't remember who the, the name of the executive is, but the top of Google just sent everyone an email and said, "If you would like to walk out, please feel free to do so. We understand your concern, your complaints. Yeah, the importance of you actually doing this is obvious. Like, go for it. We will be listening to the actual issues that are brought up as well. We're not just going, oh my god, so many people just walked the fuck out the door." We're actually going to listen to the issues and concerns and hopefully they get it sorted out because yeah. Alphabet and Google are huge companies who have like huge part to play in the next you know, 10, 15 years of yeah, human they, society. They have, they have plans that need to be executed properly and by the proper people because let's not have creepy fuckers that are... Yeah, maybe not get the really handsy guys involved with the important yeah. projects. Maybe let them figure out the font for Google for the next 10 years. Yeah, maybe just give them something unimportant like, I don't know, coffee machine. <laughs> <laughs> or just get... <laughs> Let them run YouTube. Google doesn't care about YouTube. Yeah, Let them run probably. fucking YouTube. <laughs> Let them be the guys that make the algorithms for YouTube because, <laughs> well, they can't fuck it up. <laughs> well, not any more than it is. I had a weird theory that not one person knows how that algorithm works. That it's in certain different places. Like, people know, like, a part of the YouTube algorithm and some people know another part of it and then some people know another part, but nobody knows the whole thing. Which seems like bollocks. But at the same time, seems like the kind of thing YouTube would do. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like that kind of bullshit trope that you'd see in sort of anime and in comic books, just like you have part one. Yeah. So you have the key, you have the other key, and you have the code. Put them together and it causes nuclear destruction. But no one will ever know that they meet. But then again, in YouTube's case, yeah, it would be more <laughs> beneficial if one guy had access to the algorithm so they couldn't fuck it up. You have the content. You have the timing, you have the thumbnail, combine them all and you get money. <laughs> <laughs> combine them all and you get a working product. Uh, maybe. Did you see, um, and just speaking of YouTube's algorithms, did you see the uh, the PewDiePie news? PewDiePie has passed 69 million subscribers. He passed 50 million last year. He's now at 69 million. And it was weird though, because he had a race with an Indian channel called T-Series, who produced music videos and music content from uh, mm. India. They make like six videos a day. Fuck. Him just being a dick on camera has somehow resulted in 69 million subscribers. What I want to know is, you know when he hit 40 million? I think he got the ruby play button. That was 50. 50 million. So for 69 million, does he get like a giant diamond dildo or something? <laughs> he just gets a little thumbs up saying, nice. <laughs> well done. You're one of the biggest dicks on YouTube. Here, have a giant crystal dick. Although he, um, he, he did actually raise awareness of a story from uh, like just happened to early, like in the later half of this week, uh, there's a, a guy who's kind of like a meme lord at this point. Like, he's he's been a meme for, like, a couple days, and it's already backfired horribly on him. 
I think his name's uh, Tony. He's like, uh, I think it's just like voice actor Tony or something like that. He is doing uh, Fiverr videos. You know what Fiverr is, right? No. It's basically, I send you literally a Fiverr. You get three pounds out of it. The site gets two pounds, but you do something small for me. So you make like a YouTube video. All right. It's one of the things that actually got PewDiePie in trouble during this whole thing with um, him saying the N-word on a live stream. He was also using uh, the site Fiverr and just testing to see what people would say just for a fiver and he got um two indian guys who don't speak english to hold up a sign that says uh, burn all the jews and dance around the indian guys didn't know what they were saying they just did it yeah i can see where that got them in trouble so those indian guys got kicked off of fiverr pewdiepie got hammered for it in the news and it was brought up as part of the wall street journal thing that eventually kind of led to his downfall and he it's hardly slowed him down much though has it no <laughs> But thing is though, he has 69 million subscribers. His engagement is about the same as it's always been. It's still about 1 to 2 million views a video, which I wouldn't fucking knock. But it's at the same time, he has 69 million subscribers. He has 5% viewer retention. That's not great. Like yeah, You should be going for 15 to 50, ideally yeah. up to 75%, but he just doesn't have the... You've got to think at some yeah. point someone's looking at that subscriber count and saying right how many of these are actually genuine people and how many people are well he gets hammered during purges when really? youtube goes through and like clears out bot accounts he gets hammered yeah and i don't think it's him doing it like he's not buying the bots himself i think it's just bots just happen to subscribe to him yeah, yeah. just to like it's part of the camouflage of bots is that they all follow like random accounts hmm. and i think a number of them must naturally just end up following pewdiepie as the top yeah. YouTube, uh, youtuber but PewDiePie used the site Fiverr before. He actually got those guys, as part of his apology, he made a, a push and a campaign to get his fan base to ask Fiverr to reinstate those Indian guys. Like, the fault in this idea is mine and mine alone. Get those guys back up there. They're just doing their thing and they're not meaning anything by it. They just didn't know what burn all the Jews really meant. Um, so he then, he's been doing meme review where he just goes through like random this week's hot memes and one of them was this guy, uh, voiceover Tony, who does like these kind of gamer announcements. And he sounds like, uh, if you've ever watched American football, he sounds like one of their announcers. Like, he's got that big booming macho voice. And he would just say something like, gamers, stop what you're doing right now. Fortnite needs your help. In order to get the sweet loot, we need to find you your parents' credit card. Give me the long number, the 16 digits on the front, and then the three digits on the back. To unlock the sweet, sweet prize. Turns out nobody knew that was a meme at Fiverr. They banned his ass. He's now going to Patreon as of Friday. <laughs> he was kicked off the platform because he was like, he just would do, he had a backlog when he, like, his son filmed it. Some walks him with the camera and says, hey dad, you've been kicked off of Fiverr. He's like, really? Oh no. <laughs> How many orders did you have? Like, how many requests did you have for videos? 220. Fuck's sake. It's like a grand. Yeah, that's a <laughs> lot of money. Even with them only getting £3, that's still... Or $3. That's $660. Taking out this guy's bank because somebody didn't realise that there's a meme of, like, hey kids, we need your mum and dad's credit card information. It'll help with the secret plan. <laughs> and this guy lost out huge on it. Same, but he he, he took it all in stride. Like if you watch the video where he talks about it, he's an absolute fucking chap, and maybe it's because he's like in his fifties or whatever. Yeah. But his son is some like social media like guru, 
but you see like the video of him being recorded he always shows up in like a like a, a sports suit like the blue uh the blue jacket white or blue shirt and then like a, a fancy tie and then like you see like the whole body of him he's in shorts and t-shirts <laughs> shorts and t-shirt but then like he has he's the, the, the suit on top, on top yeah. yeah business up top but you can only see him from the waist up in the videos yes. So it's just it's like, like the, that's really the Skype funny. interview clothes that people you yeah. see. He's in full Skype interview clothes. It's yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> Sitting there in his underwear underneath. But he got fucked. So yeah. Yeah. Support 20. Yeah. RIP 20. Meme review. <laughs> <laughs> that's my PewDiePie impression now. That is accurate. That's oh, fucking Jesus. sad. Uh, it, uh, he, I never really got his appeal because he was always just kind of. Oh, I'm going to play video games and I'm going to see weird and random things. I kind of group PewDiePie and Markiplier and Jacksepticeye into this one weird conglomeration of shit that I don't give a fuck about. Yeah. Because it's just going to be, I'm going to see weird things and I'm going to do weird accent and I'm going to play fucking Five Nights at Freddy's. No one gives yeah. a fuck about that anymore. I, I, but the guy gets two million fucking subscribers every day. I, I don't like the solo guys, but again, I'm a huge Sheep and Hunter fan. Yeah, because I like those guys and like they bounce off each other. That's yeah. what adds it adds a little extra layer to me, or to to those guys. But when I watch like I try and watch like solo YouTubers who do stuff like that, I even struggle to watch like solo Twitch streamers unless yeah. there's like a challenge involved. Yeah, like I love watching Dark Souls streamers because that game is unforgiving. Yeah, that game is pretty solid. So when you see somebody who's good at it, it is fun to watch. Yeah, but like let's watch somebody scream at Five Nights at Freddy's. No, it's not that good. I have younger brothers. Kids screaming at games is not fun. Yeah. It's, it's boring. <laughs> it's not good. It gets real boring real quick. Yeah. I'd rather watch the dudes from Funhouse get trashed and play Super Mario Party. Those get, those are absolutely painful. I cannot believe they do that. Oh, fuck it. I think it's great. It's fucking great entertainment. They just get smashed. It's like 15 shots of vodka. Though. That's yeah, like, that's yeah, killer. let's play Mario Party, but let's do 15 shots of vodka. Yeah, that's, that's killer. The best one I saw was uh, when where Elise was on antibiotics and she couldn't do it, so she had to do shots of milk. Yeah. But everyone else is like completely hammered around her. And she's like, guys, this isn't funny anymore. <laughs> guys, I'm going I'm gonna to I'm go. sober here. I'm going to oh, go yeah, home. Because, uh, <laughs> I think it was our husband. James, yeah. Uh, James kept making the joke, just like, oh, you can't drink because you're getting an abortion tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, right. It was only when I realized that they, the two were married. Because I was yeah. watching another video and it flashed up uh, Elise Williams and James Williams. Uh-huh. I thought, all right, they could make that, those kind of jokes because they're married. You just out of, you were like out of context, you're like whoa, whoa that dude, was that whoa. Got fucking harsh. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, yeah, there's been a weird. I I real I stopped the little bit. Yeet, yeet. I still enjoy Funhouse. Yeah, but there was a weird spate where Lauren Sontag was just making a fucking mess of himself. He fell off a roof. Jesus. Fourth of July. He went up on his roof to enjoy the fireworks and then just fell off the fucking roof trying to get down because he was a little bit drunk. And then decided like, oh, I can make I can make it down to like his ladder fell off. But it was like, oh, I can just jump onto that wall and then drop down to the ground. Did he try and Assassin's Creed his way down and yeah. just got brain damage or something? <laughs> he Assassin's Creed his way down. He actually, I think he did actually land on like the, not on the head, but like, on the face and then like kind of curl like the face took the impact yeah and you could see it when he came in like full black eye like bruised cheek and stuff mm. and he described what it's like to be in it and he in an er 
and sobering up and then realising how much of a fucking moron you are. And if he hadn't done that story, I'd have been calling him a cunt. <laughs> and like, if he showed up, yeah, I was on the roof, it was 4th of July, sat on my roof, enjoyed the fireworks, jumped off the roof, smashed my face in. What up, guys? I'd have been really annoyed at him, but the fact that he sat there and explained, yeah. this is why I never want you to do this, because I never want you to feel as embarrassed as I was sitting next to people who had genuine medical emergencies while I'm thinking, I just got drunk and decided I could parkour off the roof. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, uh, Lawrence is probably my least favourite member of Funhouse. Yeah, it he's, can be a, a bit of an bit acquired off. taste. It, it, you need to be in the right mood. It's not even yeah. an acquired taste. It's like, I need to be the right, like, the taste of the thing needs to be matched by, like, it being at the right temperature. Yeah. I need to be ready for this thing. Mm. Like, there was one bit where he tried to, um, they do a, a thing called Google Trends, which is a great idea for a show. You just look at, you try and do, like, a quiz of, like, we'll try and guess what scored higher. So we'll pick three random words that can't be, like, a full sentence, and we'll see what trended higher, or, like, we'll do various games based on, like, Google's trending data analysis. That works as an idea, but at one point he decided to, like, you remember those little trampettes that we used to have in gymnastics? Yeah. It's like a little, rather than be like a full trampoline, it's like a little two-foot square trampette that you can jump off of. Yeah. He decided to use one of those to get onto the stage <laughs> and fucking missed the landing up and almost landed on Elise. The community was not happy because Elise yeah. is a fucking darling. Yeah. Have you ever actually, how much, do you watch a lot of Funhouse or you just watch I've it occasionally? i just started to watch quite a bit of Funhouse. You will fall in love with Elise. I already have. She's Canadian. She's blonde. She's pretty. I love that. I just like nice. all, all everything about her. Like it's she's weirdly humble about the fact that she is incredibly talented, and totally kills it with weird yeah. like off-brand humor. That's off-brand even for Funhouse. Like whoa, that like the abortion joke. You're like that's yeah. pretty dark. It can get a bit worse than that, <laughs> and it will be at least like steering it down there and then like ripping it to the side. If you ever want to um, watch a good episode watch the on the spot I don't know if you watched that one it's nah. rooster teeth's improv comedy show all right it no, is, uh, i did actually start watching uh, what was the show it's mainly just uh barbara dunkelman and the is it mariel mariel Sassado, yeah I, always open always open start watching that because it was genuinely pretty funny i'm not gonna yeah. lie i did get <laughs> the first episode i watched was uh, the one with mia khalifa and i thought i thought she was a porn star so I watched it and I yeah. found out she's an actor. I was like, all right, yeah, good for her. She, she was a porn star. And actually, we can talk about the fact that she... If she's made the transition to she's, acting or something. She's just an internet personality now. Yeah. She's just taking it. She's like, I did porn for a while. Now I'm going to do other stuff. You know? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I'm going uh, to take digital dick and I'm going to put myself out on, on She Twitter. was the... Um, she actually, well, years ago, she was actually like... She busted somebody for trying to slide into the DMs. Yeah, it was a... Uh, as a, a football player or something like that, yeah, something, yeah, and just, <laughs> oh boy, what did you do? Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, she, she, that, she's quite famous for that, just busting people's chops online for yeah. trying to, you know, get a piece of that. Oh, she's badass. She's hilariously I mean, I get it. Yeah. Fucking ridiculously good looking, but. <laughs> but she was on uh, Sports Ball with Tyler Coe, who probably was on the same episode that you watched. I don't yeah. know. Tyler Coe was on there, and I liked the original series of Sports Ball. I didn't watch a lot of season two, just I didn't have the time for it. And I've not been following the NFL as closely as I maybe would normally watch it this year, just because I don't have a, you know, I don't have Sky package for you know the NFL um, here at the house. But then but, again, when you've got Netflix and shit, just a quick aside, when you've got Netflix, Funimation, or Crunchyroll, and various other streaming devices, both, or, or, or a combination <laughs> of all, 
you don't fucking need TV boxes. TV boxes are fucking defunct now. Yeah. If you can get it any other way. But yeah, they're, you're they're like down. No, but the, 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 like the sports ball, she was on there and she was talking sports with Tyler Cole and she's, she knows her shit. Yeah. Is that a thing of like, oh no, she, she's just a pretty face. No, no. She will, like, if you talk about hockey to that woman, she will go off on yeah. one. It's brilliant. She was really good though and she actually, she had Tyler like up against ropes because Tyler's a very boisterous personality. Mia went, oh, really, kid? And then just knocked the fucking shit out of the guy. Actually, just we're going to talk Roosties, uh, we should probably mention that they've just finished, and this, we're recording this on Sunday, remember on Sunday, yep. uh, 11-11 um, of 2018, and this is now the end of Roosties' uh, 24-hour marathon stream for... Uh, Extra Life. Extra Life, yeah, yeah, it's Extra Life, and they specifically go for St. Jude's Hospital in Texas. Which is where there's actually like, there's there's almost at this point I think there's a rooster teeth wing, I'm not joking. Yeah, there must be. There might be, I think there might actually be like a children's like play area in there. I know there is one of those. It's just got rooster teeth pillows and rooster rooster teeth toys. Um, See copies of a uh, million dollars butt just kicking about. I fucking love million dollars butt. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great show, and the fact they yeah. got a card game out of it is phenomenal. I need to buy the card game, but uh, there was rooster teeth Sitting right up there. Yeah, that's fucking nice. good. And because I refuse to pay twenty one pound odd or twenty one dollars odd for shipping, so there's the Rooster Teeth UK. Oh, you think you got fucked on shipping? Yeah, I mean that. That's why I. Don't oh, buy. you think you got fucked on shipping, boy? That's, that's why I don't buy we, stuff from America. We got the. Uh, I bought the the like the pre order one, mm. so you you just bought it and you would get the uh, the first expansion for free. Um, the first expansion came out. We were charged shipping on that. It also got stopped at customs. Just in general, <laughs> just being stopped to UK, yeah. so it took like an extra two months to get here, and then we had to pay about fifteen quid for shipping just like to get it in the door. Fucking hell, that was fucking brutal. <laughs> isn't there a UK-based dispatch now? There is now. I think this actually was just before, like just before they did it. And not only they sent us out a free T-shirt, and I was like, man, it's awesome. It's a really, it's, it's the million dollars bot logo with like the weird. I don't know what you call it. It's that weird kind of looping pattern. I think it's like a styrograph or something. It's like a styrograph design. It looks looks awesome. Um, Unfortunately, it was made of really tiny, like the print of it wasn't very good. Mm. Mine came apart in the washing machine. Like shredded in the washing machine. And I was real, I was so gutted about it. I didn't want to complain about it because it was a free t-shirt. Yeah. But I was like, oh man, if I paid money for this, I'd be really pissed off. Because I mean, Rooster T t t-shirts run about 15, 20 quid a pop. Yeah. So yeah, if you're paying that much money for a t-shirt, you expect it to be good. I beat the crap out of mine. I've only had one that just gave up on me. Yeah. And that was, I think that might have been my oldest one just ate shit two years ago. I think I might have been with, if I look at the, the labels, because I still have that t-shirt for like dirty work, I think it's actually a different manufacturer. I think they switched to a better yeah. manufacturer. But they've uh, just wrapped up the 24-hour stream. The live total at the end of the stream, can you take a random guess as to the number in dollars, please, Dom Anderson? Three million. You may have went a bit over what I was <laughs> expecting. You said it's a fucking big number, so I'm going. It's a fucking big number. <laughs> Last year's total was about hundred and I think it was hundred and ten, hundred and five, or something okay, like that. I'll make a more uh, right, based on that. I'll go for something more realistic. I'm gonna go three hundred and fifty thousand. 1.4 million. Jesus Christ. Yes. First and foremost, well done. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the Roosties community is just fanatical. Yeah. It's unreal. Yeah, that's that's props, man. 
Props, yeah. to, props to Rooster Teeth and the guys for doing that. They set up the it's difficult enough to yeah. do those kind of streams because you don't know if you're going to get that much interest in anything and you don't know if you're going to actually get enough money in. Yeah. It's difficult to do something like that. But the fact that they went and got, was it 1.4 million? Yeah, 1.4 million. Jesus. Last year... I think they just paid for a new wing of the hospital. <laughs> last year was at one... It's just called the Bernie Burns Ward. <laughs> Not to be confused with the Burn Ward. <laughs> 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 it's got the burn ward or the burnsy ward ah, okay uh but there was uh 1.1 last year and said we'll be going for 1.25 like one and a quarter is a nice round number and it gets smashed with four hours remaining you're like whoa i just kind of want to see what this is but you're talking about like the fact that they um it's hard to know if you generate interest with this and they're lucky that they have a really fanatical fan base yeah. and they've done a lot of work uh, the good fanatical not the bad fanatical. yeah not the <laughs> I, I, I can't the think of Universe <laughs> bad fanatical. Yeah, we don't, ooh, don't want to go that far. Um, but they they do a good job of like promoting it. It's not yeah. in your face too much. There's just a, their Twitter. They'll mention it once a week, and then they'll drop it in videos. And like the week before, like it all goes off. Like, oh, remember by the way, this Saturday, uh, tune in on Twitch and we'll be live and blah blah blah. And they've actually what they've done really well about this is they've built in kind of traditions and stories and stuff like into the show. So every year there's like an hour at the start of it dedicated to, or it's actually a two-hour segment for Achievement Hunter. Mm. So they'll come on and do two hours and then they'll let in other departments. Like Animation gets an hour, like Cow Chop gets an hour, uh, Game Attack, Screw Attack. Those guys get an hour each. Funhouse do, um, like an hour long, it's like a fake, you know, like um, shopping network. Oh yeah, they yeah. do like an hour of that. That's all like fake products and stuff. Please but tell me Sugar Pine Seven got nowhere near that. Cause that Sugar Pine Seven is <laughs> just a fucking mess that they just let happen in the background. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, have you seen you? You probably wouldn't have seen what happened with the Cow Chop Studio. No, it was a fire. It was a fire. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal because they watched it on they watched a clip of it on Rusty's podcast, and it's Gus and Bernie, like the founders of the company and yeah. like directors. Barbara, who's like community director, or like head of communications or whatever, yeah. and Gavin, who I think has been a creative director at one point, but he's like head of the Sloma guys, like core member of Achievement Hunter and Rooster Teeth, like yeah. core of the company type guy. And they're watching this, just like these guys having their studio set up, and then all of a sudden they realize that there's a fire in the corner of the room, <laughs> and nobody puts it out. Nobody just goes to deal with it. Like if, if there was a fire right now, I'm dropping everything. Yeah. We're going to go deal with the fire. Yeah, we're going to go we'll put the fucking fire after the technical music that sounds yeah. like this. Maybe I'll edit that in. It might be funny if I don't. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> just edit in a scream. Just, <laughs> fuck, it's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, a fire. What are we going to do? And then just technical music. <laughs> but the... You just come back and call and just, well, Dom didn't get out quick enough. I've known Dom since he was five. <laughs> we used to go to school he, together. He was, he was a good friend to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I'm, you have to do that. Whoever one of us kicks the bucket first, you have to do that in the eulogy. <laughs> I'll just start heaving and sobbing. He was a good friend. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you're all cordially invited to Dom's funeral. It's going to be oh, a dude, shit I, show. <laughs> My my brothers have specific instruction that they have to start a mosh pit at my funeral. I <sighs> want it to be sad. I want I'm gonna as soon as they get in, the doors are gonna slam shut, speakers are gonna come out, and the speed metal is gonna go on. I want a funeral to be a laugh. I I want that, and I want uh, uh, creators' voices of the dead. <laughs> after seeing that, after seeing that live and feeling fucking chills down as went, I want that. Yeah. But the the fire <laughs> the fire goes off in the corner, and they just start doing like this weird uh, like 
everyone kind of half reacts to it, but half of the reactions are to grab DSLRs <laughs> and just start filming. <laughs> and you can see, like, a person, two people filming, one of them filming the fire, one of them filming the person filming, and then you realize all of this is shot from the perspective of a third person filming the second person, filming the first person, filming the fire. This is what is wrong with the internet. <laughs> why, why did no one think, oh, that, that's a pretty cool fire. Time for pretty an extinguisher. Sure yeah. <laughs> but th- that's the best it thing, is, when, is hey. Gus screaming in the corner like, where's the fucking extinguishers in the building? <laughs> <laughs> you like, legally yeah. need to have them. It was like when I was, uh, I was traveling back from Edinburgh about three weeks ago. Uh, a man uh, walking just down the street fell and ate shit. Damn. Some proper face ground, scraped his face along the ground. Uh, a couple of people walking behind them who had their phones out just recording shit, taking f- shots, just sat and recorded it, took pictures of it. And as I'm walking behind them, I'm just go, put the fucking phones away and help the guy. Yeah. The guy hit the ground because you heard that. Obviously, I'm not going to do it. You won't be You're able to do it. You're like a slap. And yeah. it's, it's all polished sort of concrete in Edinburgh. Yeah. You see this guy fall, eat shit. There's a loud noise. First thing I do, go up to the guys, dude, are you okay? Like, can you hear me? Everything fine. They went, yeah, but there's a ringing. I was like, right, you're hearing a ringing. After you hit the ground. That's called a concussion. First thing, hospital. Because yeah. I've had a concussion before. I mean, yeah, first thing you do, phone the hospital, but make sure, you know, bleeding's all right. But yeah, still people sitting there with phones. I went, just kind of en masse, turn the fucking phones off. <laughs> guy's bleeding here. Help a human being. Yeah, help a brother out. The guy, I mean, the guy looked like Two-Face because the way he fell, it was on one half of the face, like on the oh. left side as he kind of skid along. Yeah. And it's just, the guy's face was messed up and everyone's just going, oh, look, look, this guy's bleeding, honey, look. I'll, I'll, I'll save this and show it for the kids later. Yeah, just you like, piece kids, of you're shit. Gonna ha- you're going to learn a lesson here. And there's a man with half of his face covered in blood. Oh, he hit, he hit the wall again. <laughs> he's seizuring. It's so funny. <laughs> oh, he's twitching. Cunt. Oh. <laughs> he's, he's swallowing his tongue. Fucking gaggle of cunts. Yeah. I, uh, it's a disgusting issue yeah, of the modern I, I, day. Hate, I fucking hate it. People are more, more interested in just recording shit on their phone. Just, oh, that man crashed it in a wall. <laughs> I'm going to record it and put it on. Instagram and put the world star music over it. On the one hand, it is, there's a lot of good that comes from having a multi-talented device in yeah. your pocket. You can do a lot of good in that. You can, I mean, all these issues are like police brutality is because somebody just happened to have a phone in their pocket and said, look, I'm taking my phone, I'm filming what's going to happen yeah. next because I know it's going to be bad. All these weird like moments of like unique wonder, like I just think of like double rainbow guy. Yeah. That is a hilarious moment in just some guy's life. And it's just great that there was somebody there with a camera to film it. And it was probably on a phone. Now we can have more of those little moments. But when someone falls and eats shit, and as much as I'm a huge fan of Fail Army and watching yeah. people eat shit, like, I, I, there was some point I was up on... Now, I'm a Wednesday massive fan probably. of physical comedy. Like, the Pratt Fall, the slapstick comedy. I'm yeah. a massive fucking fan of that. But not when they're bleeding. Well, the thing is, that I was up on Wednesday visiting family. I watched, like, five minutes solid of, like, clips and compilations of people just eating shit and i'm a huge fan of those videos but if it happens in front of you that's react. not react yeah that's <laughs> not your priority the reaction is not phone yeah my reaction is stop the bleeding yeah my reaction is triage yeah <laughs> just okay make sure this guy's comfortable and wait for the ambulance to arrive i guess that just falls back in the number one rule of jibberfish don't be, be a, a dick. dick speaking of don't be a dick All i right. have a psa okay it's about my one fucking bugbear happens at conventions but to a more severe degree where i've now had to write a convention off 
a complete like fuck this shit. It's a complete dude. I'm done. Right. If we have a bleeping sound effect, bleep it over the name of the con because I know the guy that runs it. Fucking huge fan of this guy. I want him to succeed, and I don't want people to hear this and go, "I'm fucking, I'm not, I'm boycotting that shit." So uh, the name of the convention is. Think it's I've a, heard of It's a smaller convention. Uh, what's it been up? Place roughly name the city, and I'll bleep that too. Uh, the it, ha- it takes place in. Oh, okay, I think I've, I think I've heard. Takes I'd place heard in that the town enough. that should. Be, it takes place in the city that should be the capital of Scotland. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, Inverness. Uh, <laughs> Falkirk. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, Falkirk no, is a place um, where dreams go to die. That's not where we have the Queen's Day. <laughs> it's a place where people go to die. <laughs> but yeah, no, I genuinely uh, went there when was it? Was it last week. Yeah, last week. Just thought, right, I'm going. I'm going to go there. It's it's not a big con. I mean, there's no panels, there's no guests or anything like that, and it's a fairly cheap con, or it used to be. Started off at five pounds, then it went from five to six, six to eight. 8 to 10 and now it's kind of middling at about 11 for a day ticket that's for a day not ticket, bad yeah, it's not bad but it's not MCM there's, not, there's not enough to do there's nothing to do you can go and maybe see they've got three sort of main events going throughout the whole day it's only a one day event as well okay. uh, they've got an all day anime screening which you can just jump in out of they'll have maybe one community panel and it'll just be community cosplayers and what have you and then they'll have the cosplay masquerade where people come up show off their costumes they'll get a, a prize and a sort of recognition thing of that. Got nothing against that. What mean what keeps me uh, coming back year after year is just that it's a day out and they have a fairly good retro gaming section. And they do tournaments and I'm not a massive competitive game competitive gamer. I'll throw down on say Street Fighter, Dragon Ball Fighters, uh, a couple of games of Smash Bros, Mario Kart 8, that kind of shit. Just casually. I'd, yeah, I'm you've not got real, your games. If they're yeah. there at the con you'll I, you'll bust out. So if there's a tournament I'm gonna sign up. But uh, there was Five, sorry, four tournaments on the go. There was a Persona 4, there was Mario Kart 8, Super Smash Bros. 4 for the Wii U, and a, a game called Donkey Konga. Wait, Persona 4? Persona 4 Arena. Ah, I was going to wait, that Persona is a JRPG. Yeah. The best JRPG around. <laughs> I finished it in 180 hours instead of 200. Fight me, fuckers. <laughs> That's just 200 hours base game. Apparently. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I, I don't believe that for one second. But anyway, uh, I thought. I played a couple matches of Persona 4 Arena. I thought, right, I'm far too fucking rusty. I'm not going to play that. Uh, I thought, Smash 4, it's fairly universal. The controls didn't really change that much. I'll sign up for that. Uh, Mario Kart 8, it's it's a racing game. It's a fun little sort of cartoony racing game. I'll sign up for that. Uh, Donkey Kong, I've never played that game in my life. So I thought, fuck it, I'm not going near that. So I signed up and I was just waiting around. Uh, one of the people that I was with knows the guy that runs the retro game section. It's all his games, uh, games and consoles that he brings there. All right. And uh, I thought, right, I'll sit and talk to him. But then the smell in this place just hit me so bad, I had to leave. Jesus. It was, obviously, we've bo- both of us have been involved in sports for quite a while. We'd go to the gym. Imagine the smell in the gym. Amped up to 11. Confined, condensed. Confined. And I think the, this, the area that we were in was about four times the size of the room that we are in right now. Okay, how many people? easily about 150 odd people in this room oh no no and it was disgusting i mean some guy came up to me and put his arm right around me and said all right uh, we're uh, we're up next in the smash bros tournament you're going to be my first fight and i went i went what is that smell first and foremost <laughs> like, i wasn't even trying to be like yeah why, why is my shoulder slimy it's just, it just put his arm around me and i just went you know when you'd kind of do the the sneer i just went seriously what the fuck is that smell and he went 
oh, these are my work clothes. And I went, you're in cosplay as one character and you wore your fucking work clothes. Did you wash them? And he went, no, I've been doing eight hour shifts all week. <laughs> and you didn't think to fucking wash your clothes? And I went, dude, get your fucking hand off me. <laughs> dude. Uh, <laughs> I actually got so bad, I had to, I uh, dropped out of the tournaments. Really? Dropped out of the tournaments and I went fucking home. It's a weird thing of like when people smell that bad, yeah. it gets on you. Yeah, but then it wasn't in that particular, wasn't just in that particular room. It was all around the con. Oh. It was just the horrible bad smell permeated the area. <laughs> just, I just imagine it's, it's just the fact that the horde has been there. Yeah. And it, the smell has just, it, those people are long gone. Yeah. The smell the is smell still lingers. It's still stuck in the fabric yeah. on the stalls. And it just, it's, um, because it's a smaller con, I think people don't think the usual rules apply. And the usual rules for a con are, cosplay's not consent, don't be a dick, wear deodorant. All three of these rules were broken. <laughs> oh, no. No one wore deodorant, and it was disgusting. Male and female, I'm picking on fucking everybody. <laughs> Genuinely, the only nice-smelling female <laughs> there was uh, during one of the panels that I went to thinking it was something completely different, was uh, two community cosplayers that actually competed in a tournament in Japan. All right. So it was. I was kind of interested to hear their process, how they built their sets, and how they recorded. Kind of walked into a winner there. Yeah, I didn't yeah. want to be there. But, All right. Uh, the fact that I stayed there for forty-five minutes, I thought, oh, that was kind of worth it. It was good to see their journey. Good to see what they did to get to where they are, get to that sort of uh, competition stage. Uh, there, they were there dressed as Super Saiyan One Goku. The the dude, cause the dude was fucking huge. Like he, his cosplay name is, I think it was a uh, Mino Fitness cosplay. Okay. Dude was jacked and he was there as a Goku and I think it was either his girlfriend or his partner, whatever it was she was dressed as Super Saiyan 1 Gohan and the kind of, you know, the the white Chinese shirt and the sort of baggy shirt the casual his original, yeah, his original get up when he, yeah, before when he, he first he... becomes Super Saiyan and he's yeah. just wandering about as a Super Saiyan so then get used to the power level oh right, um yeah. I can't, there's a proper name for that white sort of formal Chinese shirt but it evades me Genuinely, uh, yeah. For so some reason, I just thought of when he was a kid, but obviously he's not Super Saiyan 1 then. What yeah. the fuck is it? It's just when he emerges for the hyperbot time chamber. Oh, right. Because uh, uh, it's run about that arc. Ah, uh, it, yeah, it's, 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 the, it's the couple days, it's the days off before the yeah. Cell Games arc. It's, it's, that kind of, it's those episodes where, you know, Krillin says, Goku, he's still Super Saiyan when he's sleeping. How can he be so peaceful and so serene? You have this awesome power. It says, oh, he's aware right now. He knows what he's doing. And he hucks the rock at him. <laughs> and, and just Goku goes Krillin what the fuck are you doing <laughs> I was sleeping you jackass but yeah uh, she was they were dressed as those characters and talking to them at the end I was just saying that's pretty amazing like how did you do it how did how did you kind of motivate yourself to do it that's what I wanted to know and just I didn't plan on staying and talking to them for that while but I soon spoke to them for about 15 minutes because the two of them smelled amazing <laughs> <laughs> you were just relieved you're like I was just like you were aftershaving lady you smell amazing <laughs> you're uh, and you're dressed as two of my favourite characters from anime. I can sit and talk to you for, for a while. And he went, well, anyway, we need to get going. I was like... You don't leave, you smell nice. Then it kind of hit me. I was like, shit, I've been here for 15 minutes. I should probably get going. I was going to say, you, you would have said, oh, please don't leave, you smell nice. But at that point, con security would like a word, yeah, please. <laughs> just, uh, oh, speaking of con security, uh, I, I, I think I, I touched on it briefly before we started recording the show and the kind of preamble. But... Uh, Obviously, cosplay is not consent. I will hammer that into anybody's head that listens to this yes. to this podcast or even listens to me in general. Cosplay is not consent, but that goes both ways. Uh, if you are in cosplay, that does not give you carte blanche to do whatever the fuck you want. I seen a Joker cosplayer, gender undefined, because let's be gender neutral about this, who was 
on the bigger side, who's seen a Tom Holland Spider Man cosplay, mm-hmm. and it, the guy the guy put some time into his appearance. The guy was fairly well cut, had that kind of swimmer's body, had a bit of definition to him. Yeah, the Joker cosplayer couldn't help themselves and ripped a free hug sign from their friend's hand and ran over and just grabbed the Spider Man cosplayer, like inappropriately. All right, as in hand on junk, other hand on peck, and. The Joker cosplayer just said, oh, I love your costume. That's all you? That's not a muscle suit? At this point, <laughs> the Spider-Man cosplayer, who was in a full sort of morph suit onesie thing, yeah, ripped the mask off <laughs> and just shouted, security, get this fucking crazy, crazy bastard away from me. Con security just went over, grabbed the Joker cosplayer and said, eh, name and eh, it's like, name and address so we can serve you with this information and if you come to this event again you won't be allowed in and we might actually start police proceedings well that's uh it's good to know that that's the level it goes to yeah but no it's just it's blanket cosplay is not consent anymore <laughs> it's it goes both ways and it, no. it, they're cracking down on it so much now i mean it's getting to the point where at the, the event i'm talking about you're not allowed to wear full face helmets okay because at mcm a guy dressed up as deadpool infiltrated the con and this guy was a pedophile so they've cracked down on it majorly so you're not if you're wearing a costume that has a mask you need to be able to take it off at a moment's notice all right so you can wear them but as soon as you've come in you basically need to get checked so everyone and you need to walk in with your head yeah you need to walk out with your your face exposed so people can say right holy shit well i know who you are you can't come out or just yeah you're clean you come in right so yeah they're cracking down a lot but cosplayers want to feel safe in the knowledge that they can go to a con and people say oh that's a cool costume but they're not going to get grabbed yeah that kind of goes both ways if you're a cosplayer and you see someone else in cosplay you don't get to grab them either yeah you need to have a conversation with these people yeah. you need to say hey i got a funny idea like what if i like if i'm the joker like what if the joker met spider-man and just like loved spider-man or whatever yeah and you can do like a couple photos with that that's as long as everybody's in on that yeah. That's a fun idea. Why not go for yeah, it? It was like um, there was another uh, black suit Spider-Man cosplay that was there, and uh, I know the p- the person that uh, was taking the photos. I know the guy he was never meant it in that kind of way, but people were sending this guy shit saying, "Did you? You? I'm going to hazard a guess and say you didn't ask for permission to take these kind of photos. I'm pretty sure that the women that you're holding were completely against this." And he actually had to go and make apologies. He's saying. Look, I was just trying to recreate one of my favorite pictures. You know, it was a uh, Spider-Man holding Gwen Stacy. Oh. That kind of like that kind of Batman holding Robin takes death in the family type picture. I wanted to do oh, something right, like yeah. that. Uh, except with holding sort of female cosplay, like people dressed as you know uh, Gwen Stacy. Oh yeah, or, death of Gwen Stacy is Spider-Man like on his knees holding, yeah. like cradling her. Yeah, in his arms. Yeah, yeah he wanted to do something like that. Apparently, people were getting really, really antsy about it, and then he just went. But I asked everybody. Yeah, you can't, like, unless you have Rohypnol or, yeah. like, chloroform rag, unless you can't get somebody into that position without consent. Yeah, unless you're just ridiculously shredded and get in and out and can hold them in that position yeah. while someone takes a photo. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah people were giving them shit over that, but the Joker cosplay got away with it. Not a fucking thing said. So, yeah. Yeah, I just, I'm, I'm completely disgusting. Done. I'm completely done with that event. And it, yeah. was, it was a shame because it was one of the... Obviously, there wasn't a lot to do, but the the gaming section of it kept me coming back. The people that ran it got a lot of respect for them. I know a few of them. It was a good thing that they tried to get a, a competitor to the main MCM cause uh, convention going. But if that's how the people conduct themselves inside the convention, I want nothing to fucking do with it. 
I wonder if that's if you can really write off the convention for that as opposed to the community or like a rogue because if it's one one yeah. or two people who have like caused issues. Yeah. At the, at a certain point, you got to play the numbers game and yeah. say, in all fairness, if I got three thousand yeah. people in a room, what's the odds that one of them, or a few thousand nerds in a room? What's yeah. the odds that one of them isn't quite socially well adjusted? Yeah. And the thing is, I've been asked to you know help stuff or help do things at this con because they they announced that they have for the cosplay masquerade. It's literally. And here we have um, Goku from Dragon Ball Z, Kamehameha. Let's uh, let's get it on. And just, <laughs> the guy's just so boring and monotone. Just uh, they they know that we I used to do the podcast and like, dude, do you want to you know inject a bit of life into it to the announcer? And I went, no. What is wrong with an ASMR announcer? <laughs> yeah, but no, literally, he wasn't. Hi, saying, we're here at the cosplay event, and here's our uh, our first our first competitor. Oh, that's a that's a nice Joker cosplay. You went a bit too far with the makeup. Rogue Harley Quinn is taking the stage. And she's just carefully jingling the bucket moth. Does that make you feel sleepy? Yes. <laughs> a little bit. And strangely aroused. ASMR is just porn. <laughs> uh, it's just softcore porn. They're looking at the sort of wavelengths. It's, it's gone <laughs> from, I'm going to have to just take that out separately. Yeah, just to edit that. that out. <laughs> take that out, normalize everything else, and then just leave that little, hey, hey in there. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, it's, that's going to be fun to edit. Yeah, it'll be good. <laughs> If, if you were actually talking about Rusty stuff, they did, uh, at one point, for some reason, they joked about doing ASMR, and it got weirdly sexual, weirdly fast. I can imagine, With yeah. the members of Achievement Hunter, and it's now... So if, who's, who's in Achievement Hunter? Is it, is the it guys who get involved in it are Gavin Free, Michael Jones, and Ryan Haywood. Um, oh, I know two of them. Uh, Ryan Haywood is the boss. That's the best way to bring it. He is just, he's, he's awesome. I love Ryan. He's fucking hilarious. He's cool. the guy who, like... When I was getting into Achievement Hunter, I was like, nah, it might not be for me. And then hearing him, who's got this, he had this weird dark sense of humor for a while because he had a kid yeah. and he wasn't sleeping. And yeah. he has a really weird habit of flubbing words. And yeah, it's like deprivation is going to darken that sense of humor. And as someone who I think I might have some kind of speech thing because every yeah. so often I'll say words wrong. I think that's just. Yeah, I've no idea how from. much I'm concentrating right now to get these words properly. There's uh there's been like a running series of jokes about him flubbing words and as you know, we're just it's just our dialect where we're from. Yeah. We speak faster than we really think. Yeah. And that's why there's a lot of ums and ors and little likes yeah. and weird things that we fuck up in the middle of sentences yeah. and it's just because that's who we are. Yeah. We're, he was uh, just sleep deprived and he was going fucking manic. I think the Scottish are the worst people for sentence elongation on this as well. We're throwing an um uh, or, or maybe or kinda. That's that's brain buffering, is yeah. what I think of it as it's just your brain needs about a half a second to think of the next word that shows up. Yeah, but he he's he's awesome. I I fucking love Ryan Haywood. Mm. He's uh he, he's got a weird kind of like dilf appeal in a way because he is a dad, but he's got like dad bod, but he's also really funny. I don't know what it is, but the community that's like that favors him is weirdly like cute about it. Like it's, it's almost like if it was any creepier, it'd be a problem. But I think they've just hit that sweet spot of like creepy inappropriateness that's kind of funny in a way and i was just like it takes one little fuck up and all you people are going to jail <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's um he, he goes in there and it's it's actually an rt animated adventure mm. there's like a two or three minute clip of them i'll actually show it to you before you leave cool. but it's just them uh doing the asmr bit and i'm fucking howling laughing at it uh yeah speaking of howling laughing 
Do you remember Lee Evans? We're talking about comedians earlier. Yeah. Lee Evans had to retire because he just, ate. I think he had a condition where basically it meant he was aggressively sweating. Well, he's coming back. He's coming back. Yeah, he was in Graham Norton. Um, like, oh, is he doing? Is this a farewell ago? tour or is he I just? I don't know. He had, to, he had to quit for medical reasons. He had some condition that basically he was touring he nonstop for ages. Yeah. So I'm not sure. I think he just settled down for a bit to have a family, and he did some TV work. Yeah. I'm sure he probably wrote for something. Yeah, definitely. The guy was just. He had jokes. It was just that he was that kind of Robin Williams, just abundance of energy and that just got funneled into the British Robbie, Robin Williams yeah. was probably the best. and I almost said Robbie Williams because I'm like he actually does kind of look a bit like Robbie Williams if Robbie Williams was a comedian more than like a pop yeah. star but uh, yeah he is on a comeback nice and I mean, we get to, to pay attention to that if he shows up again I'm up for it yeah I'd definitely get tickets for that oh yeah yeah fucking great Lee Evans Lee Evans night yeah let's That'd go fucking great Lee Evans lads on tour be fucking awesome. Be awesome but yeah if you've if you've never seen some of his old stuff Look for Lee Evans. Uh, just people getting off a plane was probably my favorite one. That one probably nearly killed me when I was fifteen. His energy and performance is what kind of sold me on how to do comedy. Mm. Like that kind of you're gonna act out part of the bit to make the joke funnier. That has always kind of stayed with me. Yeah, and it's because of Lee Evans. But he was on with uh, who was on with oh, who the fuck was it? I think noted down here. He was on with Kurt Russell. Oh fuck. Who's playing Santa? Yeah, in a movie that looks not that bad. Yeah, and I was like, mm, I don't think I've ever really been a fan of Christmas movies. Is that the stage that Kurt Russell's at now? Um, I think Kurt Russell just does what he wants. Yeah, I think after you've made Marvel money, yeah, the door is open. But yeah, he's um, I mean, his last stand or the last DVD, last stand up DVD had, I think it was Monsters. I think it was. I thought it was just O2, no, live at the O2. Uh, might have been Roadrunner, I can't remember, but I wasn't a big fan of that one, but there was like a sweet spot of like five, ten years where I thought Lee Evans was personally untouchable. Yeah. I couldn't think of anyone else. I genuinely thought he was the best comedian that Britain had produced. And that I think that spot for me has now been taken by Kevin Bridges. Yeah. Although Lee Evans actually when you're talking about his energy and performances, and it's mostly I just think of the uh the Bohemian Rhapsody, which because it's the movie that's out now. Yeah. His miming Bohemian Rhapsody it's fucking amazing. If that's on YouTube, watch that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's unreal that you're like, this guy was doing this shit, just dicking around on stage like for five minutes, saying nothing as a stand-up comedian, just miming Bohemian <laughs> Rhapsody as uh, as a comedian for like years. Yeah, just that was, as a dumb that was joke at the end of his shows, it's hilarious. Yeah, a lot of high energy yeah. output from him. And just watch the sweat. If you can watch yeah. a whole stand-up bit from Lee Evans, watch how he starts watch how he ends yeah and sometimes he had like 10 minute breaks to just go change yeah and come back and he'd come back with a new suit that and you're just, like yeah it'd be new energy he'd, he'd, he'd just have more room to sweat in yeah. so he'd just go for it and just yeah. try and fill that with sweat too apparently that was a medical condition oh right yeah that was why he stopped because he had pretty severe medical problems and i think if you if you tour that much yeah you're sweating like if you're de- if it. i told you i'm getting dehydrated every day you'd be like dude see a doctor yeah <laughs> Uh, who was the other one? What was the other thing? Or something for Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, no, it was... Uh, obviously, the movie came out for Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. I've not seen it yet. Apparently, it's pretty good. Yeah, apparently, it's pretty good. Um, although, somebody was annoyed that, like, he's miming. I'm like, do you really want to see a guy try and be Freddie yeah. Mercury whilst being Freddie Mercury? Like, yeah. Just I let mean, him mime. As far as I'm, I've not seen many interviews with Freddie Mercury because, obviously, it was a bit before my time. Yeah. But Oh, no, they're talking about miming the singing. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. 
yeah, but just in terms of his sort of eccentricities and his little sort of nuances from the character, apparently the guy that plays him in the movie got that shit nailed. So he got 98% of the character. Yeah. You can let that slide because no one can hit those notes. It's yeah. like trying to get someone to sing the same way as Frank Sinatra. He People had a, get close. They're never yeah. going to exactly emulate it. He, uh, Freddie Mercury apparently had a range of like eight octaves. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. that's almost impossible. Yeah. Motherfucker, that, that takes some doing. Um, but they're, oh, he's miming. Although I did hear that um, somebody left a screen a screening of uh, Bohemian Rhapsody because it was a bit too gay. I'm like, you what know you how think? the Freddie Mercury story ends, yeah. right? <laughs> That <laughs> was from a friend. She said, uh, "Just she was talking about it." She said, "Yeah, uh, some deal. I went to Bohemian Rhapsody. I think it was the day I went to see the Halloween movie." And she was like, "Yeah, I went to Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, somebody left because it was too gay." No. <laughs> like, what did you think walking into the walking into the movie that the movie about probably one of the most prolific homosexuals of that time was going to be about? Yeah, he was like he's a gay icon, and the movie was a bit too gay. I mean. It's it's like the, yeah. the old thing about um like heavy metal. We all wear black and like leather and like rock and roll like studs and stuff. It's called because Rob, Rob Halford was gay, yeah, and was repressed and was into BDSM and was like, this is how I can express myself, yeah. And we all just kind of went along with it, yeah. I just like that little touch. I think it's a great twist on like heavy metal culture. Is, yeah. you know, it's because he's gay, right? Yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> just so we're all on the same page about that gay. <laughs> I mean, that's genuinely threw me for a fucking loop. That's like me going, oh, I went to go and watch the rugby this weekend. Yeah, there's a bit too much rugby involved. Yeah. Surely the whole, like, surely you know that going in. Yeah. <laughs> what were you signing up for? Yeah. <laughs> you wanted to go see a movie about Freddie Mercury and you're saying it was too gay. What did you think was going to happen? You're just going to bust out a knife and start stabbing people? Yeah. Did you did you want to go see Halloween and you got your theatres mixed up? <laughs> I went to go see Halloween, but it was about some English dude singing. What the fuck was this all about? I mean, and the was, fucker got AIDS. It was. Ter- I mean, that was terrifying, but other than that, I don't know what happened. <laughs> sort your shit out, people. Learn at least the vague basics of what you're going to go see. Yeah. Speaking of movies, actually. Yeah. Uh, today I watched uh, something on Netflix, uh, Outlaw King, story Robert the Bruce. Yeah, with Chris Pine as Robert the Bruce. Robert the Bruce, How yeah. is that? It's not bad. Ooh. The accent's not bad. <laughs> the movie itself is fucking fantastic. Great movie. But uh, go and do me a favor. Say the word ready. Ready. Right. Chris Pine in that movie says he's talking to his men at one point. And instead of saying ready, and I know almost got accent, he goes, "Men, are you ready?" Ah, uh, fucking! Clearly, you're just coming. trying to push the accent a bit too much. See, I was wondering because you that. said I don't do certain like R's and stuff. There's yeah. some things that I just I try and avoid doing the accent for. I was like, I'm gonna say R. I'm gonna say ready. I don't want enough R's and ready. And Dom's gonna call me out for it. No, now it's the other way around. That he was like, time for some overcorrection, boys. Yeah. <laughs> it, there's definitely. I mean, there's a point where uh, they're trying to evade. Valance's uh, army and make it to Isla. Yeah. Because if they go to Isla, they can talk to one of so Robert the Bruce's generals. He's from Isla, so he can, they can replenish the stocks there. But they get ambushed on the way there by uh, another group of Scots who are still aligned with the king. And uh, the character that's going to take them to Isla is called Angus. And he's uh, pushing out in the boats and they're trying to make it to Isla. But obviously they get ambushed. So Robert the Bruce tries to shout out to him. And again, it starts off. American as fuck. <laughs> Gets, <laughs> then I think he remembers. Oh shit! I meant to be Scottish here because he goes, Angus. The McDougals are coming. <laughs> but he no. got halfway through. I was yeah. like, oh shit! shit. But yeah, no. Uh, genuinely, his, his uh, accent was pretty spot on for the most part. The one accent that didn't really hit 
the right marks for me was um, uh, Aaron is it Aaron Taylor Thomas can't remember uh, uh, whatever the fuck his name the guy that played um, Quicksilver in Age of Ultron and he was in Kick-Ass yeah I definitely wouldn't remember his name yeah but um, he plays uh, James Douglas the, the, one of the most feared knights in Robert the Bruce's ranks he was nicknamed Black Douglas because the guy was brutal as fuck <laughs> right one of the best points of the movie is when he takes his homeland single-handedly. There's about three of the people, uh, sorry, not single-handedly, he takes his home back with three people. The only I weapon, mean, not far off single-handedly. The only uh, weapons he has with him is a short sword and a regular sword, and he just fucking brutalizes everybody. Basically, he earned the nickname Black Douglas for being one of the most feared uh, knights in Scottish history. But yeah, his accent kind of wavers in and out because the guy is naturally English speaks uh, with an English accent so again there's a lot of that that kind of forced Scottish accent yeah and there's one point where um, he's he's asking so like, can I get permission to do that can I take my homeland I need to reclaim it from these English dogs but he says I need to reclaim my homeland <laughs> reclaim my birthright and I just thought <laughs> see reclaim my homeland isn't bad reclaim my birthright <laughs> I, I'm actually I mean I've got this weird kind of hybrid accent because my, my entire family, say from my older brother, like oldest brother, mom, dad, the rest of my family are off in Glasgow. Yeah. But we were raised in kind of Bonas, Falkirk, Edinburgh area. And there's not that, we don't really roll the R, but I can do it on some words, but don't. Like most people would say Edinburgh. But mm. again, it becomes what should be a two syllable, Edinburgh. It becomes yeah. about four fucking syllables. Yeah, Edinburgh. Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> it just, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, the accents and the outlocking, outlocking could use some work, but the movie itself was pretty good. The final battle makes the Battle of the Bastards in Game of Thrones look like a skirmish. Really? Really brutal, really just muddy, gritty, like fucking... The, the speech that he gives beforehand sets it up because he's basically saying, forget that you're men for this battle, you're beasts. Fight with me, I don't care if you're fighting for God, home, country, the crown. Today you fight for yourself and that is good enough for me. Then just the brutality that's in the fight as well, people are just... It's not a clean fight. It's it's a Game of Thrones. It's now it's yeah. fantasy or historical fantasy. Yeah. Now that Game of Thrones is out, where yeah. we can just hack people apart yeah. and, and say and this is as close as we can get to yeah. what actually happened. Because when you hit somebody with an axe, they don't just go, "Oh, I'm dead now." They, yeah. That guy is lying on the ground screaming while the next person steps on his chest. Yeah. And also, they actually used a few locations nearby. Oh, uh, they filmed uh, some of the scenes that are set at uh, Schoon Palace. Are set uh, are, uh, were filmed at Lonithco Palace, just along the road from where we are right now. Oh, really? And then oh, there's shit. a scene where um, Rob, Rob the Bruce's wife is basically put in an iron cage and basically just kind of left to rot on the outside of a castle. That was shot in Blackness. I mean, if I wanted to film a desolate wasteland, Blackness is yeah, where I would Blackness, go. Yeah. Do you remember yeah. when they filmed uh, Doomsday? Yeah, that... That, hey, it's a zombie apocalypse movie. Yeah, and but I'm, it's Scotland basically gets sealed off. Yeah. And it turns into like... Mad Max, but with Scottish people. There but nobody somebody, usually driving, they're just running around punching each other. Yeah. It's brilliant. There was somebody, I want to see somebody like Bob Hoskins was in that movie. I can't remember anyone famous. It's, just, it's a good movie. The only thing it's I remember was um, the, the woman that played the main character in Underworld Rise of the Lycans. Yeah, she's in there. She's in there. Right. Not, not Kate Beckinsale, Kate Beckinsale. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's knockoff Kate Beckinsale. Yeah. It's it's Kate Beckinsale's Kate busy. Beckinsale. Kate Beckinsale. 
I was I enjoyed that movie. It was it was a weird one, but it was just like okay, now you're gonna fight a bear where in Blackness Castle. Uh, okay. Okay. Why? <laughs> why the fuck are you? That's why. <laughs> and probably the most forced segue I can think of. Speaking of vampires, you watched Castlevania season two, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, I, I spoke about that. I had a good time watching that. It was a really good one. Uh, I've been waiting. The original plan was to watch it with my brothers. One of them is a bit ill. Nobody can really be bothered getting infected this time of year. Like, we can't really be yeah, bothered. it's too close the to the end of the year when people are getting fucking busy, especially I, with Christmas and shit coming up. I got shit to do. I mean, yeah. yeah, you can just... If you can die in a corner, if you make it, we'll watch Castlevania together. <laughs> you can and die meantime, quietly. Yeah, just die quietly. I'll watch it myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really good. I like this. It sets the scale appropriately in season two, and I think we need to try and say spoiler free because I want other people to see this. Yeah. And if you're listening to this podcast, you should be watching yeah. it too. Um, I, but I want to just say take you know, take the time to go watch it because we're about to try and talk about it without spoiling it. Yeah. I think just in general, probably talk about my favorite parts of the show that aren't really spoilery, just the kind of yeah. character moments without you know going too far in depth. Yeah, I had, um. I hadn't seen the first. I didn't rewatch the first one, which I maybe should have. But even though I still do quite enjoy the fact that it picked up, like within seconds of the finale, yeah. the first one. I think it's like the morning after season. one. I think one. it's a week after season one wraps. Yeah, we'd, I would give them time to get rid of all the bodies because uh, season one ends with a bit of a mess. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and we had we bit a scrape. We bit a wee bit a rumble outside Aye. the outside the church. We bit a sushi. I was kind of disappointed. Well, I mean, I was going to say, like, uh, a character from the church uh, shows up later on. I thought they were going to do more with them, but then I remember they actually do some pretty significant stuff with them. So I'll yeah. just shut the fuck up. Um, but yeah, the several characters come back. There's a lot of new characters get introduced. Yeah. And it was good. It was, for me, having played the games, it was good to see a few important characters for the games get brought in there. And a few Who new characters. Who did you recognize? Uh, I recognized, obviously, Carmilla. Yeah. She's a huge part of the game. She just seems to be like that name Carmilla seems to show up in a yeah. lot of vampire fiction. Yeah, like trying the blood to trace count. the origin, yeah. Uh, the Blood Countess is her nickname is. She's badass. Yeah, like she's pretty badass. She basically fucking scary. Yeah, she <laughs> just steps in and goes, right, put your dicks away. We're going to do this right. It is time for Machiavellian schemes. Yeah, it's time for you know thoughts, uh, <laughs> brain power. They, uh, yeah, Carmilla was from the games. Uh, Hector and Isaac. Yeah, okay, the, I'm uh, glad to know those guys are in the, the games. The Devil Forge Masters. They're yeah, in it. They're fun. Yeah, Hector is actually kind of a good guy. I like that there's, there's a dynamic a between them as well. Yeah. Isaac is just every bit as fucked up as you see him in the show. Okay. Obviously, you get to see more of him being, you know, an actual proper show. Uh, the the vampire generals aren't in the I figured the they game. were just added for yeah. a kind of flavor, just to say, yeah. look, the vampire society spreads out really far. Yeah. Dracula's really got thin. his generals. Yeah. It's thinly spread, but it's far spread. Yeah. Hence showing like a Japanese one, a Chinese one, uh, an Indian one, and then like a couple of European guys. Yeah. And Gotbrand, the Viking guy. Yeah, Gotbrand. Eh, well, we'll get into that. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was pretty cool, but it was more, I, I could have swore he'd been in our game, but then I, I think I was combining him with uh, Cornell from Lord of Shadow. All right, yeah. Just because they kind of looked similar or they had... Yeah. They'll go back and thinking about it. They don't actually look too similar, but I think I just didn't really. I they've got the same attitude of like, yeah, got the same just I'm a mortal killing machine. Why am I having fun with this? Yeah. And his uh, his chase scene through the woods was a scene where he just says, "I'm going out hunting." Yeah. Or it might have been his origin story where he, like it's no, it's that's a just him going his, out hunting. Oh, he's just he's just out for a laugh, yeah. and he just decides, 
I'm going to use a guy as a snowboard. Yeah. And while I'm riding the snowboard human being, I will kill three other human beings. Yeah. And I will laugh the whole time doing it. It's fun. It's a good yeah. scene. So it's very well animated as well. Yeah, the one thing about this show is it's really, really gorgeous. Animated. The energy effects and the flame effects are fucking great. Yeah. Even just little yeah. things like character movement or like lack of character movement. Like yeah. Dracula sitting on his oh. throne and just basically refusing to move. Yeah. Or just being completely fed up with this. Yeah. The voice acting for him is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, Graham, is it Graham McTavish? Yeah, fuck, he knocks it out of the park. Yeah. He gets the kind of, he gets the authority of Dracula, right? But he also gets the fact that he's fucking done with this. Yeah. He doesn't want to do this, but obviously humanity needs punished because they killed his wife. Yeah. Dracula is so far above this petty bullshit. Yeah, he's fucking done. <laughs> at several points, I think at one point, he just says, I am Vlad Dracula, I am Vlad Dracula Tepesh. Yeah. And I am done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At which point, all hell breaks loose. Yeah. And it is phenomenal. Like, the, the voice acting is really good. Yeah. He is totally in character for the whole thing and he has that kind of weird power and authority but also at the same time a bit of a vulnerability not quite lack of will like he could do anything he wants he's fucking dracula yeah but at the same time he doesn't really he has no urge there's no vitality about him which he's a vampire duh no shit he doesn't want to get yeah he's going to do it but at the same time he's he's not going to he takes no glee in it he's he's doing it to in response to what happened to Lisa, Tepesh. his wife was the love of his life. His, his muse, his flame. Yeah. Uh, to quote South Park, but they have like now that that's gone, what do you do with yeah. a god tier character? Yeah. What do you do with one of these? In fact, the strongest being in the Castlevania universe who has no tether to reality now. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do with the guy who's like, fuck it? <laughs> yeah. I could just literally burn an entire countryside. You want to yeet a planet? I'm Dracula. <laughs> Watch me yeet this bitch. <laughs> I'm going to teleport my castle into the core. I'm just going to blow this bitch up. That was the coolest thing in this fucking show. Yeah. The displacement. And I was like, I wonder if what happens when that thing tra- teleports. It teleports, and then you realize mass is now occupying the same space as other mass. Yeah. So therefore, physics breaks. Therefore, it balances by pushing everything out at Mach 7 speed, yeah. ripping a fucking deer apart, yeah. and you see all of it. And you're like, oh, yeah. wow. This is. Uh, I, I saw that. I was like, I wonder if that's going to be a mechanic shows up later on. Yes, it does. Yep. <laughs> it does. Hey, Adi Shankar and the directors did their homework on this because they thought, right, they could just make it from the game and ha- explain nothing. But they went, no, let's make it substantial. Let's yeah. put something to it. Let's have a little bit of realism yeah. in a teleporting castle. Yeah. And I do like the uh, the idea of... Uh, this, this show is really anti-church, really anti-Christianity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There is no like you can tell no an atheist it. made. <laughs> yeah. A very angry atheist made this fucking show. Yeah. And it's it's good that it has those little digs and stuff, but then there's also like there's more subtle things about uh religion versus like there's a the whole thing of religious persecution resulted in the death of yeah. uh Dracula's wife. So religious persecution is bad. And then there's the more complicated stuff of well, when it comes to faith versus technology, who should win? Yeah. And it's it makes you, it will it will just kind of throw that question out there. I don't really think it answers it very much. There is a very obvious answer that the the writers put there, but they never really explain it. It's just kind of like yeah, we're right because we're right, and it's it's good though. It's fucking good. The yeah. the, the displacement animation was fucking amazing when they uh, when basically at the start they teleport the castle into the woods. Yeah. Into oh, we just need to move location. Let's just let's just yeah, do this we need, thing. We need to select a stronger position to yeah. then 
Braille, uh, Braille is the the city that they're trying to overthrow next because that gives them the strongest defensive strategic position. Yeah, and they just I said, okay, we're not knocking out politics and and war strategy in this as well. That's why actually my favorite part of the show was yeah. the the fact of Dracula's War Council because it's from different cultures and it's all different individuals with their own goals. And yeah, they're kind of sworn to be loyal to Dracula, but at the same time, mm, they have their own ideas about yeah. how stuff should go down. The fact that these characters will now just sit and bicker and arguing won't be as united as you would do. It's great. Yeah. It's a great idea for like drama in a character. Like yeah. you have an army, even just a squad of 10 guys who are unstoppable. Yeah. They could win the war by themselves. Unless they were to all stab each other in the back. Yeah. It's that kind of, it's that Marvel way of, right, they had Avengers assemble. You've now got the strongest sort of force on the planet. You have Age of Ultron. Hmm. You have a solidified force to make Age of. Age of Infinity War, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I have to make Avengers Infinity War work, yeah. you need to break them apart. So that's when you have the Civil War. So it works here, which is right, you've got, I think it's seven of the strongest people on the planet, if you include the Devil Forge Masters. How do you make them, how do you make the characters that are two humans and a demi-vampire actually be able to go toe-to-toe with these people? Let's have them bitch and moan and backstab and yeah. plot against each other. Yeah, because that's, it, we used to play Warhammer 40k back in the day. Yeah. That was the big theory behind why the Imperium always beats Chaos because you would have to go, like, as a Chaos player, because I was a Chaos player yeah. and you were a Chaos player, you have to just sit there and take beating after beating and you'd go looking for the reasons why. And I find a good philosophical reason of, well, the Imperium's always united under the rule of the Emperor. Every Chaos Warlord is out for themselves. Yeah. You just can't win when you're inevitably going to be betrayed. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if it's now, it doesn't matter if it's 20 years from now, the Imperium has stood for 10 millennia because it is united under the Emperor of Mankind. Yeah. It's, it's doubly as bad when you're playing as Korn, who's all about, yeah, <laughs> kill your superiors, get the power. So all, <laughs> I played a, one, of, one of the main generals in the Korn army was Karn the Betrayer. And if you failed any role, the four people behind the Karn the Betrayer got their heads cut off. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I was, I just, I like that idea of you pit the people who are too powerful who, if they wanted to, they could win. Yeah, they easily. could just glass the planet or glass the area. But because they are so broken, their pursuit of power has left them so broken or something in their past has broken their minds, they just can't work yeah. as a unit. And that's where I think sort of Cypher, Trevor and Alucard work best is because they're not that strong, but together they kind of form this whole. Yeah, like they're, they're back in force for a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, the, the, intera- the interactions between uh, Trevor and Alucard were just fucking great. And yeah. I'm still convinced, because I know for a fact Adi Shankar loves Team Four Star, the ending scene with Alucard flipping off Trevor, that has to be a Team Four Star reference. Yeah. It's in my head, It can't, it's nothing else. <laughs> like just when Trunks and uh, Vegeta are saying goodbye to each other, Trunks just gives Vegeta the finger, Vegeta gives Trunks the finger back. Actually, if you if you go back and watch the Dragon Ball Z, that's just in there. Yeah, like Frieza, like uh, there's a whole thing with Japan where like you pull down, you expose the like the under the eye, that's offensive. Yeah, and you give the finger at the same time, that's it. Like you just started to fight. Yeah, that's in Dragon Ball. <laughs> Frieza does that to people, and that's how he like pisses people off. I can't remember who else gives somebody the finger. I think Goku gives somebody the uh, finger. Trunks gives plenty of people the finger. <laughs> Kid Trunks is just like fuck you, Bio Broly. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do i'm the son of the same prince fucking eat a dick but yeah I, I just there's a lot of stuff in there that i'm like 
Yeah. That's kind of real. Yeah. I yeah. D- it's a little, the, there's the moment at the start I thought was a bit kind of forced, but it's just because I hadn't watched the uh, the, fi- the finale because there was a bit of back and forth between uh, Alucard and Trevor. Yeah. Uh, and in, in, their, in their fight, they're like, yeah. you know, they're actually kind of enjoying themselves a little bit in there. And there's a little bit of back and forth. And then like a week later, they're actually giving each other the finger. Yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, that is the pace of like a bro relationship. Like, yeah. if we've hung, if we hung out for a weekend, yeah, one of us tried to bother the other one. A week later, we would probably be giving each other a finger, being like, "Yeah, fuck you, fuck yeah, you. yeah." <laughs> Intellectual discussions of fuck you, yeah, fuck, fuck you, you. <laughs> fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> From intellectual discussions and good anime, we shall go to brain rot and bad anime. I watched Goblin Slayer. <laughs> I caught up with Goblin Slayer up until the current moment. So how far did you get? I got episode one. <laughs> okay, so you watched episode one, which is where we last left off, which yeah, actually you I, mentioned PSAs are. I'm like, oh shit, Goblin Slayer. Yeah, I forgot I, to talk about that. Uh, if you want to hear Colin's opinion on Goblin Slayer, go back two episodes. I think episode so. three. It's part of the episode the title or whatever, or part of the episode, uh, like the briefing that we put out. Like we put yeah. out like a little synopsis. Yeah. I put it in there that we're doing a PSA on Goblin Slayer. So you can uh, find the episode quite easily. Yeah. I think it might be the last ep- two episodes. Episode title Tits in a Turtle. I think that might be Probably. Bowser episode. Yeah. yeah. T- it sounds about right. If you want to go uh, if you want to go back and hear Colin's opinion on uh, Goblin Slayer, go back to that episode, wherever it may be. And uh, just know that I completely agree with everything that Colin said because this is clearly an anime that is trying to be the new Berserk. That's trying to be the new sort of gobsmacking anime that people don't actually uh, people that people think oh that's that's totally real or people think that's so cutting edge it's just no it's it's crass it's, it's edgy try hard nonsense uh, it's emo i actually watched um a, a big fan of a youtuber i think i mentioned him a few times here mother's basement and he yeah. actually did the discussion about this and i watched it the same day i sat down and watched up to episode five that's where i'm at in the series oh fuck and um it's like when you find that someone's played more than an hour of that uh, ride to hell or <laughs> road to redemption game no one's no one's ever meant to see this uh but yeah we'll actually have a discussion about this because it's going to get really weird and interesting when we get further into the series he okay. made a good episode and he, the main issue with episode one regardless of the bad animation or the like lackluster voice acting or whatever is the rape scene and that was because yeah it is shot wrong and Mother's Basement breaks us down. I think he has a little... He's a background in game design, but also does a little bit of animation. He's aware of, like, the fundamental... He's watched so much anime and made a yeah, career of... He knows, he knows what he's talking about. He doesn't just walk in and say, it's wrong because the rape. He said that... Or he was saying that when you watch it, it's exploitative. The camera itself is exploit. It's making you watch a woman's sexual assault and making you watch it in an over-glorifying way. Yeah. And he points to one or two key shots. The main one being one where the woman is bent over the goblin behind her and she's like arching her back. Hmm. And it looks like just, it looks like something out of, out of uh, hentai. So he said, what I'm going to do, I'm going to show you, this is like the clip. This is just part of the clip. I'm not going to recut it. I'm going to take out the one shot of her with the arched back looking all wrapped up and weird. And like, you can see like a lot of her ass, a lot of her tits. And like you can see all of her skin. It's an exploitative pose. I'm going to take this out. Tell me, does the scene seem any less horrific, but is it also any less watchable? It's a much more watchable scene without this one shot. And it's just because it's less exploitative. Yeah. The woman is still being raped. It's still horrific. It's not, you don't feel as disgusted by it because you're watching something that's been 
not censored, but edited correctly. You didn't need that shot in there. There's still enough suggestion in there. Your brain can fill in the blanks. You don't need to just see it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, just in context, it makes complete sense. You can do, I think, they did definitely try, let's try and be, you know, edgy. Let's show these people that almost in a real sense, this is what could happen if you fought fucking goblins. Yeah. But think, my main gripes were just the whole, the character Goblin Slayer himself. Oh, he's a crap character. He's a fucking, he's a terrible, not even a two-dimensional character, he's a fucking one-dimensional character. Yeah. He's, I think they say that he's silver rank, which means he's about level 80 or something. Yeah. The fact that he's sticking to fighting level one to five enemies shows that, I mean, the event that caused him to, you know, hunt specifically goblins has to be some kind of fucking severe event. Yeah, if you've already, my, my thing was to be like, well, how would you feel about learning that he has PTSD? He has a very specific event where his hometown was just annihilated by goblins. And that's why he hunts goblins. But you've already caught... You yeah. you were just like... Now, if I was to write this character, it yeah. would be because he had some kind of issue with goblins relating yeah. back to a horrific event in his past. Yes. You've but, already gotten there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I got that from episode one. I mean, I yeah. didn't even feel the need to... And what kind of... This doesn't take a writing class. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's one thing. This thing is just basic. It's base. It's just... It's just what can we do to grab people's episode attention? Episode one was based in crass. And that's because it's episode one. People, they're trying to grab people's yeah. attention. We're going to get really annoying here and say it actually turns out okay for yeah, the next four episodes. There's one little bit more of like kind of crass, unnecessary nudity. It's not as tasteless as episode one. Uh, they find an elf chained up in a dungeon and she's naked. You're like, okay, well, we didn't need that. Doesn't add to the story. Yeah. Yes, she's chained up by goblins, but... I mean, 30 seconds later, an actual goblin shows up. Funnily enough, it gets killed by the goblin slayer. Who'd have thunk it? Yeah. And I mean, it's like it's his job. Yeah. On with the on with the show. You know? And then they fight an ogre. And you're like, okay, so how does goblin slayer beat an ogre? Well, it turns out goblin slayer is really smart. He knows the mechanics of this world. He knows how to fuck with some stuff. But his main objective and goal is goblins. Mm. That's it. And it results in him running into a party of really high-level adventurers who are like, you're the missing piece of our team. If you were with us, we could work some real good in the world. There's a demon king we need to go kill, and he's like, nope, goblins. He's stuck there with the nope goblins. It's not a meme <laughs> of like, oh, I have something. I need you to help me with something. Nope. Is it goblins? Nope. And it's him going to the door. <laughs> it's him like walking out the door. And that's because that's a scene in like episode two or three. Have you, you know, the, the girl behind the, the counter? She's like the I think yeah the, the guild the, clerk the, or the something. gold girl I think she yeah. actually might be gold girl in the fandom <laughs> anyway guild wife she is the like she's the recurring kind of like she keeps getting knocked in just because she's not if she doesn't help goblins like kill goblins he doesn't give a fuck because he's so focused and like yeah machine laser focused on the idea of just slaughtering goblins that unless you're helping him do that he doesn't give a shit. But the rest of it, like, once you get past the initial kind of, like, shocking episode one, you're left with a not-bad fantasy anime. Hmm. And I'm, I really don't want to say, give it a go, kids, it's going to be great. Like, man, I really wish they didn't have an episode one that was like that, was so crass, was so yeah. tacky. I mean, it's 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 warmed its way in now. We're now stuck with it. I'm stuck with it, definitely, as, like, a, a Reddit fan who, like, yeah. it's, follows... I think I'm on about four or five anime subreddits. 
and they're all like Goblin Slayer memes and it's all about Goblin Slayer news and the episode discussions. Hmm. I'm stuck watching it. I'm going to watch it all the way through to the end. If it wasn't for episode one, it'd be a good anime. So yeah, yeah, I'll I'll probably give it a miss because like like I've probably said previously, I'm not not that big into the old anime sphere now. But yeah. episode one was just enough to make me turn away from it. I would not blame anyone for that, yeah. and I'm not gonna say no, 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 no. You need to power through. What's on the other side is totally worth it. Yeah, because there are shows I would do that for. There are shows I would say, look, episode one or two was crap. Yeah. However, I, episode yeah. a couple episodes in, once you're with the characters, once you're with it. You could actually go back and rewatch, oh, like the original episodes, and be like, okay, more of that makes sense now that I just know the characters. Yeah. I always said Rick and Morty was my best example of that. Episode one and two, Rick and Morty are not good. Yeah. And I like stuff later on once you kind of get where Rick's at and what his mindset is and what Morty's gonna do. Yeah. Episode one and two makes sense, but didn't make sense in the context of being episode one and two. Hmm. That's never gonna change for Goblin Slayer. I kind of doubt it's never gonna change. But I think it's not bad. It's not like it's it's episode one was cringy, try hard edge lord material, but the rest of it seems to be stacking up pretty good. Um, there was a weird like character moment of a, and it was like that actually kind of makes sense. Um, everyone's sitting at a car like a camp, hanging out uh, after an adventure, and the lizard guy has never tried cheese before. So they feed the lizard guy cheese and he freaks out. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. There's like a weird logic to this world. It sounds like at that yeah. point they're just trying to, you know, let's, we've got all these heavy scenes and all these violent scenes. Let's just yeah. try and inject a little bit of light in there. Yeah. Let's remind everyone you're watching an anime. Yeah. It doesn't need to be so serious. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'll, I mean, I'm just probably going to say no. Yeah, I'm giving that a miss. I'm not going to recommend I've got other <laughs> shit to watch, other shit to do. I'm not going to recommend it. I'm not going to be like, you, guys, oh. you got to check it out. It's this hot new thing called Goblin Slayer. Yeah. I'm going to say, if you want to watch it, go for it. If episode one shocks you, you're not alone. Um, If you're going to just keep powering through it, I'm going to watch it anyway because I'm stuck in this sphere yeah. of influence. So I'll watch it or I might as well. Um, But yeah, I, it's there. Yeah. And it's just not, not going to leave now. We're kind of stuck with it. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> It's not as bad as Darling the Franks from last year. What the fuck is that? Uh, Darling the Franks was the greatest show for 19 episodes. And, and just became horseshit for the remaining. In episodes 1 through 19, you're basically just told the story of a group of people who are teenage uh, mech pilots who pilot in of male course. and female pairs. Okay. Uh, there's a little bit of a weird sex thing going on which is really weird when you remember that they're teenagers um but there's like this weird x element of zero two who is a human monster hybrid who is a phenomenal pilot because she's human monster pilot uh like hybrid thing hmm. they have to fight this enemy called the klaxazors who are from the core of the planet kind of like gears of war style where it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. They're this old force that's come back to reclaim yeah. the planet they were the original inhabitants of the planet and now they're clawing their way back it kind yeah. of like the subterraneans in that one episode of one punch man yeah yeah like that <laughs> one um but imagine in out of a 24 episode arc after episode 19 which explains a lot of like certain characters origins mm-hmm. um you then go oh by the way there's a third el- there's a second alien race and we're going to deal with all in five episodes Right, the scale of the plot escalates so fucking fast. 
you remember have you seen Gurren Lagann? Yeah, I Sorry, it's top and tour on Google Lagan. I don't fucking care anymore. I couldn't make it past episode six when Kamina dies. I'm glad to hear I'm not the only one. I do not like that fucking show. No, I get so much shit for it. Not me too, because it's apparently one of the that and Death Note people give me so much shit for not liking. Death Note was pretty good. The ending it makes Wait, the, which ending? <laughs> no, because the, there's two ways to watch that show. Because there's thirty six episodes and you can stop at episode twenty six or whatever. Or thir- uh, 37 in total, and you can stop at episode 26 or 25. 25, you end at 25, you get the perfect ending. Death Note Ends is one of the best anime of all time. You watch those last nine, ten episodes, Yeah, it's a shit show. Well, the um, the, the ending 36 episode, uh, episode 36 ending where uh, they basically they enact the plot to put in the fake Death Note. Yeah. That, that hit me as... That would never work because Light has studied the Death Note to such a degree that he'd be able to discern a fake from a real. Yeah. You'd assume because he's one of the smartest beings on the planet, apparently. Yeah. The issue, actually, with Death Note is the same as what happened with Darling the Franks. You have the original plot for Darling the Franks, it's episodes 1 through 19. Mm-hmm. Uh, Death Note is 1 through 25. But you have the original enemy, the original hero, the original villain, the original like cast, the story, the plot line. Yeah. And then those last, like, 10 episodes of Death Note and the last 5 episodes of Darling the Franks the like unnecessary escalation of like amazingly hype cliche yeah. finish oh, right. so you're talking about the first I think episode 25 is where uh, L dies yes yeah if you end it that if you end there amazing yeah 12 out of 10 but you take those extra episodes at the end completely fucking unnecessary and um, now there's two L's but light def- or light two L's L's half ta- the time. Yeah, there's two L's that take half the amount of time to beat, and there's also two lights because he enlists the yeah uh, Mikimi, the the, yeah. the prosecutor, who she, just goes Har- me- Harley Quinn. <laughs> yeah, he finds Harley, Harley Quinn, the male Harley Quinn, who just goes mental and starts writing everybody's name in. Yeah, that problem of like unnecessary escalation. That's what happened with Darling the Franks. Yeah, and it was a fucking nightmare. The community didn't know how to react. Yeah. There was just an absolute shit show. Yeah. And I think the same like scale of shit show happened to Goblin Slayer, but just for episode one. Yeah. Of everyone just going, What the fuck did we just watch? I don't know, but it's time to get angry about it and yell about it. It's kind of, I, I don't know, probably being the opposite of what happened to Gurren Lagan, because Gurren Lagan for the first five episodes was not bad. Then Kamina dies. Then they spent the remaining eight odd episodes of the, the most first overhyped death ever. First season just going, Oh, what would Kamina do? I miss Kamina just. You have a giant robot that can combine <laughs> with other giant robots. Go and fucking fight shit. Yeah. Go and drill people in the face with that weird space drill that you had. The only understandable part of that is when he realizes that the girl Yuki, Yuri, Yuki, I can't remember what her name is. Yoko. Yo- yeah, why not? One of those. Uh, yeah. He realizes that the girl actually wasn't in love with him. He was just a kid. She was interested in a man. <laughs> yeah. But that man is dead now. And he all that's left. That doesn't really trans like you don't get transferred you don't over. Inherit everything. Yeah, you don't get promoted by like default. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're still just a kid. That was the one part I was like, okay, yeah, that's that's fair. <laughs> Another thing that bugged me about that is how they uh, said the main character's name. It's clearly spelled Simon, S I M O N, yet they call him <laughs> Shimon. Yeah. The, it's, the, a, it's a stupid thing to get hung up on, but it pissed me off. I, no, that pissed me off as well because it was it was people at work were watching it and they were like, no, no, you got to see, you got to see, you got to see. Like, look, the motherfucker is called Simon. Yeah. Why do I have to call him Simon? And I'm like, 
what well, bad news for you. Like, no, 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 it's because of the pronunciation, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, bad news for you guys. It's Simon now. We're going to call him Simon. Yeah. And we're going to just deal with it because that's how it's spelled. That's how it's pronounced. There's actually a weird one from uh, Fairy Tale recently that I, I, somebody talked about it on Reddit today. You're like, oh, yeah, what about um, Charlie's uh, new form? And like, how does that influence other characters who are similar but don't have the ability is it because they don't have the training are they not strong enough what's the deal there and then somebody's in the in the comments like who the hell is charlie and i'm like oh it's carla <laughs> in the english dub it's carla but in um the like japanese it's said charlie and it's written charlie in the subtitles all right okay and it, i don't know why they changed it to carla but she's much better as carla yeah. It makes more sense as Carla, but for some reason she's pronounced like Charlie, in the in the in the actual like the Japanese voiceover. Oh, like, uh, okay. <laughs> but correcting something, I was like, I know stuff now. I'm I'm weaving out. Uh, yeah. Yay! <laughs> I outweaved someone. Yeah, give me internet points. <laughs> give me all the internet bonus points. We're gonna we're gonna stop for a a quick break. But after I read this story out to you, do you remember a few years back? or it might have been this year, sort of end of last year, uh, there was a bakery in Ireland that refused to make um, a coming out day cake because it was it came out, uh, they were saying that they refused to make anything that promoted homosexuality because it was against their religious beliefs. I have not heard of the story, no. Well, yeah, it turns out that um, this uh, they lost the case, incidentally, because they were getting paid to do a job, not up and do it. But yeah, they claimed it was against their religious beliefs. Um so on the subject of random cakes, you know, there's been a, you can get a cake for anything now. You can get a cake for, uh, sorry, your mum uh, got breast cancer and had to get a mastectomy cake. You can get, um, obviously you can get congratulations, you're having a baby cake. But did you yeah. know that you can get congratulatory <laughs> baby cakes that show you the horror of childbirth? Uh, a woman whose name is not on the article, and if it is, I can't be arsed finding it, wanted to get a... Uh, a baby shower cake for her sister's baby and uh, she wanted to make it funny so she went and got this cake detailing the horror <laughs> of a, a childbirth and also while having a little after childbirth shit nice <laughs> that is like i don't know what level of, I, we've got i've got a pretty good like close-knit family yeah. i don't know how if you need to be really close with a family member to get them that cake or if you need to really fucking hate that cake. So I'm going to quickly just grab the phone. And I'm going to describe for the viewer or yeah, the listeners at do home. Your, do your best to describe that picture. Imagine if you will. If it helps you at all, the, uh, <laughs> the turds are a uh, chocolate frosting, <laughs> chocolate fondant, and the blood is a uh, raspberry sauce. Oh, okay. Uh, I figured it would be jam. So at least you can mm-hmm. eat it. <laughs> yeah. You just got a mouthful of turd. Yeah. Uh, slightly. Hardly period blood. Slightly. <laughs> Slightly better, uh, I suppose. Um, so yeah, it is literally. I'm assuming that that is literally just a baby doll's head. Yeah, they've, yeah. Put atop a uh, a nice like little, I think it's about a three or four tier cake, and then at the top we have a nice. Um, oh yeah, get get that terminology right. <laughs> so if you think it's important, uh, this could be a three or four tier. Cake. I think it's three. I'm feeling three. Just the size. I mean, the head scale is pretty helpful. So we have them have the head, uh, in, in a puddle. I'll yeah. use that technical term of uh, raspberry sauce and then some nice vaginal lips. I'm very interested to see how they made those because it looks like it's part of the cake, part of the icing. 
because the lips and the uh, pubic hair made out of chocolate sprinkles, yes, chocolate sprinkles, yep. have been like lifted up and then like they kind of curl out to yeah. just kind of show that the head's coming through. And it's actually quite interesting if you notice that they've actually put the, the width or they'll put extra height around where the shoulder should be coming out. Yeah. I don't know if you spotted that one. It was a nice little touch. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, you've got the vaginal blood just dripping out over a, what's it? It's not quite prolapsing. Anus is <laughs> firing out of shit at the same time. Bursting anus. Uh, not going to lie. I, just, I don't know how good their relationship is or is going to be after that cake. I mean, it could only it could have one of two effects. It can either bring them closer, or it's just going to break that family apart. The the, the <laughs> sister that bought that cake might never get to see the baby it was bought in celebration of. Oh, uh, that'd be bright. <laughs> that'd be great. I'm not going to lie. I feel they deserve it, and I also feel Dom deserves to go take a piss. Yep. Meanwhile, and, technical and, music and crack my right knee. And we are back now that Dom's bladder has been deflated and he's been inducted into the board of Rooster ASMR. Yeah. It was a weirdly arousing experience. <laughs> it's a pretty funny video. I was, um, I, I just, at the end of it, because it's Rooster animation, they do their animation trailer and it showed the trailer for like season four of Ruby. I didn't even know they'd done season three. I remember they'd done They're season, season one. six now. Jesus Christ. Season six, episode three. I suppose it's not an expensive show to make, so they can crack no, it. No, it is. It is? It is. It is now. Yeah. If you watch season one, you're like, oh, they got by on this. Um, but no, now they're into season six, it's a completely different beast. And uh, they released their biggest episode to date where they explained about 90% of the questions you ever ask when you watch the show. Why is the moon in a bunch of little pieces in the sky? Why is there no magic in a clearly, supposedly magical world? Why is there magic left in kind of remnants of gemstones? Where did the Grim come from? Where does this happen? Why is the, you know, high school principal seemingly immortal? Why is their uh, their nemesis an unstoppable, un- unkillable machine? Why is all this going on in a world that should just be left alone and, you know, should just be dealing with the usual problems that humanity has to face? They explained a lot of it, and it's went down really well. They've been worried about doing this episode since day one. They've been trying to fit it into every season since season three, uh, but just weren't sure how to frame it and how much people would need to know. Uh, they nailed it. I really want like, I want more people to watch reviews. Be like, do you see what they just pulled off? With that one. Uh, Ruby was a show that I could never really get into. It was always... Um, I think it, it came around too late for me. Because yeah. I think I was in that kind of... The, my anime... Sort of purge. Yep. Like peaks and lulls. Yeah, I mean, oh, obviously, I'm still watching uh, Dragon Ball because I, I think the new Super trailer just sold the movie even more for me. Yeah. Just I, everything was kind of... The first trailer was more sort of setting up, scene building. The second trailer, which uh, got dubbed in English and was released at New York Comic Con. Was the first trailer not just Goku bouncing up and down? Oh, that was the first like, teaser. I'm talking about the yeah. first substantial like minute okay, and a half right, or trailer. Right. Uh, that got put out uh, at a Comic Con, fully English, and that was just character. This was just, these these guys are going to be in it. This is what's going to happen. Second one is when they gave backstory where there was uh, Bardock, King Vegeta, Paragus, uh, that recently got dubbed. Oh, in they Angle. explained it. It's going to be like the yeah, the, this the is, start of the Broly movie. Yeah, this is going to be substantial. The third one was all about right. Let's just give them action. 
Yeah, yeah, and it's just Super Saiyan God, uh, Vegeta. You know, trying to. Yeah. How do you feel about uh, Super Saiyan? Like, I think of that as being like the Super Saiyan God base form, and then like yeah. Blue is an actual Super Saiyan God form it, for some I, reason. The way I see it, um, I think Super Saiyan God is just him accessing a sort of minimal amount of Super Saiyan, yeah. but a lot of God key. Uh, Super Saiyan Blue is kind of balancing it out, so there's a lot of Super Saiyan energy and there's a lot of God energy, but it's kind of tapped out. I always figured that like the God form was like you've got your foot in the door. You're accessing that level of yeah. key, but then when it comes to like the blue form that we see now in Super, yeah, I that's figured, tapping into the. I figured that was like they've refined it. They now know how to access yeah. it, and they like because I think they said Vegeta got to like to a sideways path, yeah, he, or something like that. Yeah, he never channeled the energy pure Saiyans or anything. He got it through essentially being able to detect uh, God key and absorb God key himself. But it kind of seems like a bit of a superfluous transformation now because he's got blue. And we've already seen what Blue can do, and he's got because it's after the universe tour- Universal Tournament arc. Yeah, he's got Super Saiyan Beyond Blue as well. I think so, there's a reason for it. There's gonna yeah. be a reason for it. I mean, and I think they just wanted to show him in that form because yeah. it, it's a weird. People look. wanted it. I mean, I wanted it. It's a weird look, but it works. Yeah. And if you think about how Goku changed, yeah, he became skinny. Than God, he would get skinny like way back down to like as if he was a teenager again. Yeah. It kind of looks like teenage Vegeta. Yeah, and I like that. That that's the idea of you're in your god form when you're a teenager. I was like, that's a nice yeah. little touch. <laughs> uh, yeah, you you do kind of feel unstoppable when you're yeah. a teenager. So you yeah, you feel all knowing and unstoppable, you know, omniscient. And then somebody goes, you need to stop working yourself and train, and then you unlock Super Saiyan Blue, which is you know yeah. actually smart. You. Yeah, I don't think they'll they probably won't have uh, Vegeta going is going his new form that he got when he was fighting Topo and uh, Jiren in the Universal Tournament arc. Which one's that? Uh, the the last one before Super ended. Okay, because um, it was like the exhibition. Then, uh, Zeno announced that he's going to have the tournament. And then Goku had to round everybody up for the tournament. Yeah. And then, the black, the Goku Black arc. Then there was the Universal tournament. Yeah, because uh, Vegeta does tap in like Vegeta goes beast mode when he's blue. Yeah. And shit hits the fan, and then Goku goes, oh, but what if I had another new power called Ultra Instinct? And you're like, ah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, uh. Ultra Instinct kind of killed him. Because <laughs> there's that pretty cool scene where uh, they, they realise that even though Goku's pretty powerful at this point, maybe one of the powerful, most powerful beings in Universe 7, he's not meant to access that level of god power. He's okay with <laughs> he's okay with tapping into... Um, so the Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan Blue level, but if he goes above that into sort of Whis territory, yeah, that's that's what's going to start fucking him up. But I do like that they explain the the philosophy behind Whis's power versus everyone else's. I was like, no, I just I'm not thinking about it. My body's just acting on its own. Like yeah. my, I just I'm aware of my body. My body will make decisions for itself without me thinking about it. Then he stands on a pile of shit. <laughs> hey, wait, yeah, he does that, doesn't he? Yeah, I really want to rewatch some more Dragon Ball, like the the Resurrection. Of which, uh, I don't know if you caught it in trailer three. I think we might actually get to see some Whis fight. Ooh. Because you see a point where Broly swings at Whis and Whis just effortlessly backflips out of the way, but he doesn't have his staff in his hand. Oh. So I'm thinking we might actually get to see some Whis just fucking bailing out on Broly. But at that point, Broly just dies. Like, his head yeah. implodes. <laughs> That's why I think Whis is my favourite character, because he doesn't. he's that kind of, you know, foppish character that yeah, you don't really expect to fight, but he can come up and ping Lord Beers in the head and knock him out for ten years. Who's the, uh, th- there's one thing I'm worried about in that trailer. I saw Piccolo's face, and I know I'm going to have to sit there as a Piccolo fan, 
and watch him get all hyped up, throw a few good punches, and then get the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. For like about twenty minutes. I think to get to get everything that you want out of a Dragon Ball movie, you realistically need to be a Goku fan because Goku's <laughs> going to be the one that sends the final punch. Yeah. Because I think Piccolo fans and Vegeta fans are kind of in the same vein because, oh, they're going to show up, they're going to do good for a bit, but ultimately they're going to get knocked out. Yeah, we, we go there like, maybe this time this will be our time yeah. to shine. No, it's not. Yeah. It's, we there, we so already now, saw the trailer. We know Goku wins this one. Yeah. You, now you know how I felt when, at the end of Resurrection F, when I was like, holy shit, Vegeta's going to kill... No. Whis reverses time, Goku <laughs> kills Frieza. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Thanks, I mean, it's still, a fucking, it's still a fucking great movie, but Toriyama, fucking have a think. <laughs> you have a word with yourself, young yeah. man. Yeah. You just sit there and have a think about what you did. Exactly. <laughs> you have a word with yourself, mate. <laughs> That'd be great if they would just do that in the middle of that. Uh, <laughs> Toriyama, have a seat. <laughs> <laughs> just, just sit, have a wee seat. You have a word for yourself. <laughs> you sit in the corner, you have a word for yourself, you think about what you did, <laughs> and you make Pickle great again. Exactly. I don't care if his baseball hat says make Pickle great again. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> make <laughs> Namek great again. <laughs> Namek great again. Well, I know what I'm doing after I'm done with this podcast. <laughs> I'm shit posting make Namek great again all over the fucking internet. That, that, fucking, that bugs me because it, it's kind of the, the Yamcha syndrome where Yamcha was kind of the big bad, one of the best fighters in Dragon Ball. Then he got swept to the side. Piccolo, for the first two or three seasons of Dragon Ball rel- or realistically before Goku goes Super Saiyan Piccolo is probably one of the strongest characters there yeah but then obviously the problem with Dragon Ball Dragon Ball Z Dragon Ball Super is that as Goku and Vegeta get stronger or to an extent Gohan, Goten and Trunks when they get stronger the people below them kind of become superfluous yeah and that's if you ever listen to critiques of Dragon Ball as a bigger picture that's the one that comes up the most is yeah. that I mean for fans of Dragon Ball you're, you you built up a relationship with the characters from that show, Chatsu, Tien, yeah. Yamcha, uh, Yajirobe. Yajirobe was done by like episode 50 of Dragon Ball yeah. Z. So, you know, there's nothing really left for him to do. I think he showed up at one point to help fight the Saiyans. He shows up, he cuts, he cuts off Vegeta's, Vegeta's tail. tail. And he shows up again in the Goku Black arc. Yeah, but that's a joke. Is this a rebel yeah. leader or something like that? <laughs> oh yeah, it's a uh, Yamcha who got his. Oh no, it's a uh, Yajirobe who got his shit together. Yeah, or something like, like that. He stopped like eating constantly, so he just had to do stuff. Yeah, no, he's still a fat fuck, but he just decides <laughs> I'm going to help the re- the rebellion here because, well, Mai has a shotgun and she's a crack shot, so I'm not going to get in her way. <laughs> if I do anything, I am in trouble. Yep. I'm losing a nut. <laughs> yeah. And. Well, she's she's kind of banging the strongest guy on this planet, so we need to be we need to be on her good side. <laughs> we need to be friends with her. Yeah, Trunks has a sharp sword. Yeah, um, but I just yeah, I just I'm looking forward to a new Dragon Ball movie. But yeah. seeing Piccolo's face, you're like, yeah. oh, man, I'm gonna go through the arc again. Of yep. like, maybe this will be the time. No, no, Piccolo never gets his time to shine. Back into the sadness. Well, yeah. <laughs> Speaking but, of the sadness, well, Piccolo can never really get killed off or properly getting rid of in the show except for that one time in gt yeah because it didn't happen yeah gt it's never fine. happened but if piccolo dies and disappears the dragon balls go with him because even though dende is the uh, the guardian of earth kami still made them so i think piccolo can he needs to stick no dende made a new set oh yeah, no he made the the two wish set of dragon ball yeah so yeah piccolo can die <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a scary thought so i've always liked piccolo he's always been a yeah. better pretty good character because vegeta's my favorite character I've always kind of liked the idea of, say, the Krillin, the Piccolo, the Gohan. It's just, they know that they're realistically not going to win the fight, 
but they're still going to give it a damn fucking good shot. Yeah, they'll jump in anyway. Yeah. I mean, somebody's got to take care of the minions. Yeah, I mean, Piccolo actually did fairly well in Resurrection F when he's fighting the Freezer army. Yeah. Everyone else is kind of going down. He's just on the ground taking them fucking one at a time. That, though, was just like money shot central. That was like, hey, do you remember the good old days of Dragon Ball Z? Do you want just like one more go and we'll, we'll do it sincerely? Yeah. Nobody's going to like goof up and fuck it up or something like that. Let's just have a laugh about it. Uh, let's just go back to the good old days. We'll make, you know, Master Roshi will get big again. People will punch people in the face and it'll be great and just have your fun go for it, here's your five minutes, and then we'll get back to Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, then we'll get back to your regular, regularly scheduled saying ass kicking. <laughs> I kind of want to see more with Gohan, though. I think Gohan, they, they started in the Universe Tournament arc. Yeah, they, 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 they try and bring him back to that fighting yeah. way. They brought him back, and he can throw down, because in his sort of, uh, ultimate form, he's thrown down with Super Blue Goku. Right. So he's shown that he can go that far. They just need to kind of do more with him, because... At one point, Gohan was the strongest unfused character in Dragon Ball Z. Mm -hmm. And they've just done nothing with it. Just because they figure, well... Goku sells. Goku sells the prince. Yeah. People want to see the real Saiyans, not the half-bloods. I want to know who was the... Uh, there's, there's people who, like, credit the editors more than uh, Toriyama. Like you say, like, there's decisions in Dragon Ball that are a marketing team or a an editor's choice. Yeah. Like somebody who's just more in the know of the business side of things than Toriyama himself. And I'm yeah. like, ah, that's a shame. Yeah, because I know there's been quite a few times where Toriyama has made changes to the story mm -hmm. and Goku's not been in it for chapters yeah. at a time. Then when that's come to, you know, the screen, they've just thought, no, that's going to that's gonna be better if we do it this way. Because in um, the Goku Black arc, uh, Trunks gets a new transformation where it's kind of, Halfway between God and Super Saiyan three, yeah, it's the Super Saiyan Rage. That. I think yeah. it's called. It's basically it explains it as it's, it's a transformation only available to the sort of half breeds, right? And it, in the manga, that's not in there at all. He just goes Super Saiyan two, and it's because he's. It's basically the same thing that happens with uh, Vegeta when he's fighting Beerus. It's Super Saiyan two, but it's basically elevated because he's pissed off that Bulma got slapped. Mm. Except with Trunks, he's, he's done with this shit. So he goes in there and tries to take it Goku Black. Uh, there's certain decisions like that I think Toriyama doesn't really have much say over because it's the editors in the certain market and just go, no, we'll do it this way and it'll be better. Yeah, it's just a shame. Yeah. I've, I've, I've I like the idea of just the, you know, you let the, the author tell the story. And yeah, you let him do his thing. And yeah, like somebody else coming in to make a more marketable product out of that yeah. should definitely be do, do making changes and stuff. But maybe I mean I'm not going to sit and read Dragon Ball's manga. I'm sorry. Yeah, there's way too much to read. I mean, there was collected volumes of Dragon Ball Z, and obviously they're missing a couple of arcs. There's the there's a few sort of filler arcs that aren't there in the in the manga, but it's still a lot of shit to read. I, uh, I just got the, the text message that my brother's watching Attack on Titan, which is great because he's finally around to watching it after like six years. Nice. He's saying, no, seriously, give it a go. Just, yeah, give it a shot. Give it a go. Um, but I was going to ask you about if you'd have a chance to check out any My Hero Academia. I have not. Genuinely, the last thing that I, the last series that I watched was uh, Daredevil Season 3 when I do have some thoughts on that. Okay. But it, Daredevil Season 3 it took me the longest time to get round to watching because of Iron Fist Season 2 and Luke Cage Season 2 and Jessica Jones Season 2 you just <laughs> felt ill after that you're like nah, I'm not doing so it so fucking bad I told you about Jessica Jones and how bad that season was yeah I think you yeah, did with yeah. just Jessica being the only person the only character in that series that had her shit together remotely Iron Fist Season 2 I made it into 
I think, 20 minutes into the first episode, and I thought, this is just awful. Hmm. This is really, really bad. And it ended poorly, because my brother watched it all, and he told me that it ends with a, another character, Colleen Wing, who's just another sort of base level, sort of, not base level, highly trained human. Okay. Uh, she gets the Iron Fist as well, somehow. Okay. They don't explain <laughs> it, but at just one point, she kind of clenches her fist, and you see the power charging in her, uh, I think it's her right hand. And they just, they don't explain it. And I thought, right, this is fucking horseshit. I'm glad I didn't watch that. Then in Luke Cage season two, he just decides, all right, to stop crime, I am become crime. (laughs) And it's just fucking dumb. So it it took me the longest time to get around to watching Daredevil season three. But I finally did. And it was actually really, really worth it. Because uh, at the end of The Defenders, which was another letdown, uh, Daredevil kind of makes the big heroic sacrifice, stays behind to make sure that uh, he tries to redeem Electro, saying, no, right, you were under mind control. You thought that was your purpose, but come with me, I can help you. Basically, they stay, have a fight. Daredevil gets knocked out. She runs away. She's still out there in the ether somewhere, but the whole building, basically an entire building, collapses on uh, Matt Murdock. Right. He basically gets like, he gets, the whole building gets crushed under He hits a sewer pipe and just washes out in the sort of New York coastline somewhere. Uh, he gets found by the orphanage that took him in as a child, which is kind of a nice closed circle thing. It's kind of hokey, but I'll um, buy into it because Daredevil's always been a, a series that's heavily centred on sort of Catholicism and the church. Yeah. Daredevil's always kind of shown himself as one of the... He even calls himself in Daredevil Season 3 one of God's warriors. But that's always been his thing, his justification for what he does. But uh, He is pretty Christy for some reason. I remember yeah. him being a, a little bit Christy. Imagery. A yeah. lot of Christ imagery. Because a lot of... Particularly when he's... He gets captured by, say, the characters like Bullseye and characters like Punisher. They always kind of string him up in that kind of Christ pose. Mm. But yeah, he gets taken in by the orphanage that uh, raised him as a kid, and he gets brought back to brought back to standard. But it takes him quite a while. Then he starts questioning, "What am I doing here?" There's a bit of a, a bit of a philosophy in there. Then he kind of he gets to grips with the fact that this the the Daredevil suit means nothing to him now, right? But he still wants to keep doing what he's doing, but not for anyone else. He just wants to do it for him. And uh, then the whole point, the whole plot in season three is that Wilson Fisk, Kingpin, is just done with prison life. <laughs> okay. Literally, he's just fucking done with prison life. He, most of the conversations that he has while he's still in prison, it's just, I can't take this anymore. I need out. I need to see uh, Vanessa. Uh, it was, she is an art director in season one. Wilson kind of gets enamored with her. The two of them can have a little thing going, but Wilson just does the thing of, I will give you everything you need, have all my money, just please, you stay and make him pee-pee hard. <laughs> <laughs> you stay and make him pee-pee hard. You, uh, you just basically don't, you don't leave me, that kind of thing. And then uh, she gets sent away, because uh, Kingpin basically has the thought of, right, I don't want you dragged down in my shit, so I'm going to yeah. do the righteous thing and I'm going to send you away. But then it gets to him, then eventually says, right, I'm going to do some Machiavellian scheme to basically release myself from prison and get federal protection. So he manipulates the FBI because... He's Wilson Fisk. He's, he's Wilson Fisk. A lot of people think that he's just, you know, he's he's muscle, he's a, he's a crime boss, he uses fear, but yeah, season three done a brilliant job. And uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, the guy that played Kingpin, does a great job of selling this, that he's just, he's just seven or eight levels above everybody. The smartest uh, federal... Pl- uh, FBI agent is just leagues below him. I've heard that said about the uh, the PlayStation 4 Spider-Man as well, that there's a, a running theme of people perceiving the Kingpin as a meathead Yeah, really pisses off Kingpin. Yeah, and he's he's genuinely one of the most intelligent being, intelligent things in the Marvel Universe right now because he's just, 
he knows when to use fear, but he's also book smart and he knows how to think 10 steps ahead of you. And he uses that to an insane degree in Daredevil Season 3. He basically, he, I'm guessing you don't mind spoilers, but there's a brief spoiler warning ahead for anyone who is who has watched or is planning to watch uh, Daredevil Season 3, but it's been out for long enough, I think I can talk about it. He basically arranges to get a to get shivved in prison. Okay. He sets it up. He basically pays the guy and says, right, you're going to do this. I'm going to take into minimum security and I'm going to, you know, enact my plan for there. So he pays the guy to make it, to fake a shivin. Mm-hmm. Uh, that guy gets taken away. Uh, Kingpin gets taken to minimum security. He strikes a deal with the FBI. He said, I'll flip on some of my former uh, associates, and, associates yeah. and customers in exchange for complete protection and in line with, and he gives him this huge list of demand, uh, demands that's drawn up by his lawyers. And then the, the whole plan just starts to unfurl. And then Wilson Fisk gets, he gets released on a house arrest, but he gets trapped in a penthouse. In the, in oh a really, dear, such a shame. <laughs> yeah, in a really nice hotel in uh, New York. Um, he basically gets all his effects returned to him. He gets a complete run of the hotel because he tells his lawyers to buy the hotel. And right. then he pays off every single FBI agent, gets them on his payroll. He takes a character called Benjamin Poindexter and basically converts him to the dark side, turns him into Bullseye. Because his whole thing is he can't... He, there's a bit where uh, Kingpin's getting transported. Yeah. And he gets attacked by some of his former associates. Sort of because he fought on them, yeah. Because he fought on them. I think... Uh, is it Bulgarians? Or Armenians? I can't remember. Some, you know... Eastern Europeans. Some Eastern Europeans. Uh, they attack the convoy. Then uh, as Wilson Fisk is trying to escape from the car that's been overturned that he's chained to because... Prisoner transport. Yeah, he sees uh, this character Benjamin Poindexter. He's got a. Uh, he's just using his standard fire uh, sidearm, and there's about twelve, thirteen guys, and he's just headshotting every single one of them. And Wilson's just seeing that, and he, I was like, I see potential. I see potential. Yeah, and he just he delves into his backstory, finds out that he's got sort of mental issues. Then he just kind of turns that screw until Poindexter says, or oh, sees no other option but to work for Frisk. Then there's that kind of back and forth between that and. The ending was pretty good. How Matt's just fucking done with Kingpin. If you put him in jail, he's just going to come back out. So there's that kind of dichotomy of I'm have to beat this guy to I'm, death. I'm going to have to kill him or threaten him. Right. And he threatens him at the end and says, "Right, this is my ultimatum. You stay in prison. Nothing happens. You come out of prison, or if I find that you're manipulating the system in any way, I'm going to go after her. Right. And what I done to your face, I'm going to do to her tenfold. You stay in prison. You honor this agreement, or your fucking wife is dead." See, there's a thing about the like the, what you described there. I'm wondering, is Kingpin 10 steps above everybody else, or is the FBI just brain damaged? If, if you, you are watch Daredevil with, Season 3, you'd think the FBI are fucking brain damaged. There's, <laughs> there's something wrong with those boys. Because you're saying, like, oh, like they're dealing with like a crime lord, somebody who ran New York from penthouse apartment yeah. with mob-level violence. When you know that that guy is like, I'm done with prison... And he seems to be attacked, then working his way out of the prison through like an FBI deal. Yeah. How does the FBI not go, this is suspicious as fuck? Yeah. And then you like, you give him agents that can be corrupted, and you, there's yeah. a loop, there's loopholes where he can buy a building yeah, not and just run the place all over again. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty, it's actually pretty, pretty nice how they do it. I'm pretty sure like, it's a good explanation for yeah. it, but at the well, same time, like, if, if you paint it in broad strokes, I'm like, I yeah. think the FBI might be just, dumb. If you take it from the wide view, <laughs> FBI brain damage, boy. <laughs> but uh, you basically find out that what Kingpin has done, he's paid off, through his lawyers, he's paid off the director of the FBI. Okay. Who picks a 
an FBI agent, a special agent who is just he's down on he's out on his luck. His his <laughs> credit cards have been kind of declined. He's look he's living with it outside his means, and he basically targets him, shuts down all his credit cards. So he's basically desperate for this one big call, or this one caller. Yeah. Then he comes in and he gets he basically gets given the golden ticket from Fisk saying, "Here's three of my former associates. Find them. You will reduce crime in New York by this this amount." Then just kind of goes from there and he gets welcomed as a hero. So he keeps plugging it along. Then Fisk, once he's got that in, starts hammering down on uh, the special agent to try and get more out of him. Then that kind of opens up the branch deal. I now have the whole FBI and federal protection under my belt. I'm pretty much untouchable. <laughs> unless Just, you're a blind ninja with like nunchucks. Unless you're a blind lawyer with, <laughs> with nunchucks. <laughs> it is nunchucks that Daredevil uses, right? It's uh, Billy, sticks, yeah. It's a uh, it's, it's like Cali sticks, I think they're called. Right. I mean, I've, the, I've heard them called uh, Billy clubs, but uh, Cali sticks. That's a, that's a police officer's, like that's the, not an asp, there's like the extendable one. Yeah. Billy clubs are like the, the solid one piece yeah. wooden bike to beat the shit out of somebody. Yeah. And he uses them uh, pretty effectively, but you, you don't really see them use it. You don't really see Daredevil use them in season three. His main weapon is just, you know, standard sort of fist and feet. But uh, at the end, he uses Muay ropes and he ties them around them and he uses them to beat the fuck out of most people. <laughs> All right. It's pretty cool. So that's a recommendation. Like, yeah. Was season two okay? Season two was great. Daredevil's okay. been the only consistent show for me. Uh, right. Season two, with uh, John Bernthal's Punisher. Hey, I'm trying to think who was the main overarching villain in season two. I think it might have been Elektra, or there might have been someone else in there. But yeah, uh, season two was just fucking great. The cast in that was good. The only thing that really gets on my nerves is uh, Karen Page, because season one she was great. She played that kind of vulnerable victim, just looking to get back at people. She played yeah. that really well. Season three. She was wanting to get out in front of that. Season two, they didn't really know what to do with her, in my opinion. But she's she's the only character that's really kind of waning. But apart from that, uh, Franklin Nelson, he gets called Foggy in the show. Great character. He's the kind of everyman's perspective. He just wants to he wants to make sure his friends are okay. But he also, at the same time, he's a lawyer. He wants to kind of get out of there and get working. But yeah, definitely recommend Daredevil season three. Cool. But I will get around to watching My Hero Academia at some point. It's good. Dragon. I know, I know. I need to get around to watching it because... Quite a few people have recommended it to me. I need to get, I need to just devote time to even watching season one or I'm a having, couple episodes. I'm having a few issues with getting people to watch that show and Ruby and like people who got onto Ruby and were like, Yeah, I'm totally gonna get around to watching like season four. There's somebody who didn't watch season four hmm. and we were mad about it in season five. Now it's season six <laughs> <laughs> and he hasn't made any progress. I think he's just a bit lazy, so I yeah. need to try and be like, Hey. Like, yeah, get a move on here. We have, we get some stuff to do. We yeah. we, we got rubies to do. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna ask you about something that you've talked about. Um, like the assess pool of like bad feelings. Uh, do you remember Rainbow Six Siege? Yeah, I remember. I remember you talking about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we got some bad news about that this week. Oh, did they get shut down? Servers get shut down? No. Uh, people wish the servers were shut down. Um, but basically, Rainbow Six Siege has been plugging along for about three years now and they're looking to breach a new market china only problem with that is okay. chinese government yeah they're not the easiest to work with yeah they have certain censorship laws yep. so rainbow six uh, siege is going to in order to well, they, they could release a censored version of the game uh, for example germany is quite bad censorship also yeah. does australia uh, left for dead 2 had to remove blood 
from the game? Or did they change yeah. it green or something no, like that? No, I think Left 4 Dead 2, I know for a fact in Germany, is not released. Yeah, number two was not released there. I think Australia had to remove blood yeah. or change it to a different colour. Um, yeah, I think they made, had to make it look unrealistic. Yeah. China didn't want anything, or China doesn't want as a general policy, anything that is anti-establishment. So, uh, any se- like severe suggestions of violence or something like that. Yeah. Ignoring the fact this is about this is a video game about you know elite military members breaking into houses, blowing shit the fuck up, shooting people in the head. They wanted a cleaner version of that game to be safe for public consumption. There were numerous changes made, and a developer blog went up explaining the changes. We want to have uh, remove skulls from the game. Apparently, skulls are a big deal. Okay. Um. There's a really nice like mural artwork in the middle of a level in Germany, which is like an angel of death with a skull mask on. Um. They've had to remove that and replace it with like a slightly different like non skull mask. Um. One of the like major characters, like a, a fan favorite called Caviera, uh, she has skull face paint on. We have some questions. Yeah. <laughs> so they announced the the gameplay changes. They said, okay, well they're making you know they're making a Chinese version of the game. No, they're staying with one model. Everyone is going to be censored because they right. don't want to have uh, like two versions of the game so they'd have to update both because there's a lot of balancing that goes yeah. on. It's a lot of double updates. They don't want to do double updates so they're saying, no, we're going to have to change Everyone's just getting everyone. one blanket yeah. Chinese version. So for example, there is also in the same level, the main one that actually that seems to be affected is the German biker club level yeah which is where there is a there's a, a row of like slot machines chinese uh propaganda laws mean you should be showing gambling yeah those are gone i'm pretty strict about that only problem is they said these are all cosmetic changes that won't affect the gameplay those slot machines actually open up a line of fire so ubisoft got caught in a little bit of a lie there um there is also a like a whole kind of like sexual promiscuity thing the same level has like a neon like stripper like kind of like it's like a, 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 a the neon tubes make a girl and then like her leg lifts up and down oh, yeah. with the lights so like one position it's the leg down one the leg up oh, that's kind of cool uh next to a stripper pole in the in the clubhouse in the club in the clubhouse that's gone that's replaced with like a finger thing or whatever mm-hmm. and there's a bunch of like small uh user interface pieces have changed to make it a bit more friendly and less, you know, scully, I yeah. guess. So uh, the fan reaction was a shit show. I can imagine it would be, yeah. It seems like they've just taken the game itself and just cut the living crap out of it. Just, nope, we need to get rid of that, we need to get rid of that. There was a number of people using the, Dear Ubisoft, I am an American. I am not under the, I am not ruled by the communist dictatorship of China. Dear Ubisoft, I am an Australian. I am a former army veteran. I do not hail President Xi Jinping. <laughs> the number of people who went and posted those, I think it was about 20 posts in a day of like essay level quality of Dear Ubisoft, go fuck yourself. Signed a person. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like 100 word rants about how it was, uh, you know, we're not willing to bow to a dictatorship. We shouldn't be willing to like kind of sacrifice freedom of expression and artistic individual. The choices artists made in order to get a bit more money um like how can you be so kind of not i want to say like paradoxical but you're kind of being hypocritical and that you're making a game about you know killing people safe for the chinese government like you know 
There's a lot of outrage about that, but it's been going on for about a week now. It's been uh, interesting, to say the least. And it happened, yeah. actually, it's weird, though, because it's, it's not the big popular news story in gaming, because did you see the Diablo thing? It was uh, the Diablo yeah, conference. Diablo Immortal. You people not have phones. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I, seeing that clip, if you're not aware of it, um, Diablo uh, Immortals was announced, and it's a mobile spin-off of the Diablo franchise from Blizzard. Diablo is a dungeon crawler game, I think it's yeah, best to say. dungeon crawler, yeah. Dungeon crawler RPG, massively... Uh, and massively popular. Massively yeah. popular, highly regarded. Yeah. Well, um, from, uh, there's been a bit of a... I'm not sure how to properly allocate them, because a lot of people say that Diablo 1 and 2 are probably two of the most untouchable games of all time. Mm-hmm. Diablo 3, I'm not sure if people like that or not. I think it was popular, it was just controversial that they made it for PC, or PC and console. Yeah. Because Diablo fans who also play console like, oh, it's great. It's nice yeah. to get to play my thing. But there was a worry within the community that it would dilute the quality of the experience on yeah. PC. And there was also some issue with like a marketplace, like player-to-player trading or something like that. Yeah, there's always an issue with say, game marketplaces and trading. Especially with Blizzard games. Yeah, like World so. of Warcraft, fucking Christ. I don't know what the hell they did at one point, but there was a, almost like an armed rebellion yeah. against Blizzard. I mean, there's always going to be, there's always going to be some kind of rebellion against Blizzard if it's either for putting in a weird hamster and Overwatch and saying that's a character, or shutting down a classic World of Warcraft servers only to bring back World of Warcraft, World of Warcraft Classic, yeah, just to make people buy it again. It's pretty fucking weird. But yeah, the uh, uh, the conference was uh, there was a bit of a, a hype of like, oh my god, here comes a new yeah, Diablo game, Diablo Four, holy shit, it's going to be here, here we go, and then they like. There was if you there were some posts I saw some comments about oh they're trying to downplay it and there's like they're talking about a new Diablo property but not specifically saying a new Diablo PC experience or anything like that. You know, typical words that you would use to generate buzz and hype and people looked at it and said, I don't think we're getting what we think we're getting at which point they show off Diablo Immortals, they show off a trailer and they say it's for mobile. It goes over kind of poorly, <laughs> and to then it, a young man. Yeah. To put it lightly, even yeah, it goes over poorly because people are going. Uh, there's the kind of palpable hype in the room, which is holy shit. And then it's almost an on mass boom. Well, it's actually because a, a guy stepped up to the mic during a Q and A session uh, at the same like in the same room. They have a Q and A after the presentation, and he says, "There's a lot of this I really like the look of." But have you guys been working on getting this on PC? Because there's mechanics here that I like the look of. I just want to play it on PC. And the guy says, do you people not have phones? You're in a room of your most ardent supporters, people who will physically travel to hear you talk about a PC game. And the room boos them. Think about how bad you fucked up in that situation. Morons to the last. Honestly, I can't yeah. believe they did that to their own fans. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, that's the thing. Apparently, the the main kicking the balls about this is apparently uh, Diablo Immortal actually is not bad a game. It's not that bad a game. It's looking pretty good. Yeah, and that's the thing that that's what kills me is that you can see that look in that guy's face. Like, I like what I see. Can I see it on something else? Maybe. Can I see it on a four K monitor? Perhaps. Maybe they're maybe. gonna they're gonna kowtow and just. Are they? I think they are. I don't think so. The community backlash has been vitriolic and mm, venomous. But I, will it translate to... I mean, there's things like... If it was to... 
is there any way we can guarantee this will translate into lost sales yeah. when a mobile game typically is targeted at a different audience? Yeah. I feel like the way they were talking about this is that the idea is that we've been like we've been playing Diablo for years. We love Diablo. We've been talking about it incessantly for a decade now. Wouldn't it be nice if there was a nice, easy way of getting your friends to play this game too? Like, what if it was just there in their hands instead of you to buy a massive gaming PC to play this uh, epic adventure? Wouldn't it be nice if we could convert that process into a, a phone? And then they decided to just go with it because it worked when it was on console. Yeah, it's, it's always it's the kind of weird, almost catch-22 of uh, most game developers nowadays. They need, to, they need to stay relevant and unfortunately most developers nowadays say they see that to stay relevant they need to do some kind of mobile game. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think Diablo went the wrong way of just focusing solely on a mobile game. If they said, right, you're going to get this little additional thing on mobile but you're going to get an update to Diablo 3 or you're going to get Diablo 4 on PC or uh, PC and home consoles. There was a, a comment that I was quite interesting is that uh, it's not all Blizzard Activision that's working on this thing. There's, they've been working with a studio that have developed a similar day, a similar game before to the point where the previous game they developed was referred to as a Diablo ripoff. Ah. So that's kind of been a knife in the, like a bit of salt in the wound, like a little twist of the knife, is that they went to a, not quite a rival company, but the people who make a Diablo knockoff to make a Diablo game that has pissed off the fans. I think I can see how this is going to be an even bigger problem than we thought it was before. Yeah, it's it's not going to end well. <laughs> it's PR disaster. Like I guarantee you, that guy was brought into an executive meeting about thirty seconds after that conference ended. Yeah, just have a seat. <laughs> you need to know how to talk to people. So we we have some thoughts about what you just did live in front of an audience and also Twitch. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna. I think I'm 100% certain in saying that, that meeting probably ended with and uh, clear out your desk. <laughs> You're done, son. I, th- I think if he wasn't like one of the game's lead developers, that yeah. would guy, if that was that, just a PR guy, he'd be out in his ass. Yeah, if that was just a jabroni like, taking the press conference, he'd be out. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I keep thinking that line of, do you people not have phones? <laughs> of course they have phones, but no one wants to play a game on their phone. Playing a game on the phone is not the best <laughs> it's pretty shite do you people not have phones I guarantee you most of those phones were either confiscated or forcibly turned off before that conference yeah. started just so that it would be a Twitch exclusive <laughs> just so the Twitter would stay quiet <laughs> so that do you people, do you people not have phones we yes, did they're in a box at the door because we got told to leave them <laughs> no I have a ticket that represents my phone that I will receive my phone back after this conference <laughs> but I don't have a phone right now I seem to have a cloakroom ticket for my phone do you think that was like a little bit of a tw- they're like okay you're taking the pet like <laughs> <laughs> that was like that was an extra twist in the wind like yeah like yeah, yeah you're you're using a, a knockoff studio yes you're doing this only for mobile and now you're telling us do we have mobiles no you confiscate it. fuck you <laughs> you took our mobiles <laughs> off us you cunt uh, from uh, from bad video gaming news to fairly good video gaming news, they had the uh, the final Smash Bros. Direct. Which, oh, right. Yeah. yeah, the final one before the big release on the 7th of December, which is good for me because I get paid on the 5th. I don't have to fork out 90 quid without without financial backing. <laughs> uh, they announced the final two characters. Or, uh, I misspoke there, not two characters. They announced the final three characters Ooh. for uh, for Smash Bros., and they also announced a really, really nice looking story mode, which uh, is all about some kind of malevolent entity 
basically just wiping out all the Smash Bros. characters with the exception of Kirby. Oh, please tell me it's Mickey Mouse. That'd be fucking brilliant. Because I thought that it's the big white hands, like the master <laughs> hands, so it could be. Fucking could be. That would be that would be like a weird level, like top level yeah, like, social commentary thing. Like, yeah. It's like it's a, like, Nintendo looked at it and said, we see the evil rising in the West. <laughs> you just see this, the evil character rising out of his chair and you see the circle ears coming out first. Like, the mouse. <laughs> Oh House no! The mouse ain't getting this one, bitch. <laughs> it's the Dark Lord. Ho! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I kind of want that to happen. Now, yeah. uh, they announced, um, obviously, the story mode with Evil Overlord Mickey Mouse. Um, they announced a whole load of uh, different uh, balances, different sort of character changes, uh, things that are going to be coming out through the game, which I'm really looking forward to. They've done away with character trophies. Okay. And they're doing it some kind. Of, they're doing a thing called Spirits. Which is all about uh, through the main storyline, you liberate other characters who've been trapped in spirit form, and they, then you can then attach them to your character, and they power you up for uh, sort of offline battles and through the story mode, which I think is pretty cool. It's a better way of doing uh, trophies, so there's actually a bit of an incentive to collect all three thousand or however many fucking <laughs> trophies are going to be in this goddamn game. Uh, but uh, I, I mean, it's no secret I'm looking forward to Smash, but they announced. Uh, two characters which I'm really looking forward to and one that I'm kind of scratching my head as to why that's the thing. Right. Uh, first and foremost, uh, I spoke about it last week or last time we recorded uh, about that the Grinch leak. The Grinch leak has been totally deconfirmed by the last character's turn, to be okay. honest. Uh, because I spoke about a character called Isaac from Golden Sun being a character. He's now an assist trophy, so there's no chance of him being playable in the main game, which pisses me off quite a bit. But we still got um, Ken from Street Fighter, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, they gave him the same as Ryu. He's got two final smashes, depending on how close you are to the target. Yeah, that was one that you were guessing on. You were like, yeah. I'm not sure, but you totally nailed it. And I was yeah, like, get- I forgot to text you, but I was like, oh yeah, you fucking nailed it. Yeah. It was Ken. And then the other character that they announced was a Pokemon called Incineroar, which is a grappler type wrestler character who actually looks pretty fun. <laughs> Incineroar. Okay. He's a giant cat. Think hmm. Garfield on steroids. Garfield and Sarah's okay. But, uh, <laughs> every time he does a move, he's like cheering to the crowd and doing seven poses. It's a, it's a cool little thing to see. And one of his moves, he uh, summons like a sort of the ropes from a wrestling ring and just close lanes you against it. He, okay. He throws you into one, and on the way back, depending on how quickly you push the button, he'll do a move. If you get it frame perfect, he basically just gets you in a close lane and knocks you against the ring again. It's pretty cool. But the third character to be announced has got a lot of people scratching their heads, and it's a uh, piranha plant. From Super Mario. You know, okay, I think I've seen something about that. Yeah. I can't remember, like, if I th- thought it was, like, a hoax post. And I was like, no, mm. it's, it's genuine. And to get this character, you need to buy the game and register either your... Register the copy online if you bought a physical copy, or if you bought a download copy, you need to preload it the day before and you get this character for free. Because I think, technically, it counts as one of the DLC pack or the DLC characters. Okay. But, yeah. I don't know. Either way, you're going to have to pay for this character because they did announce that we're going to do DLC. They're going to do up to two seasons. Uh, each character, have each pass having about five characters in each. Hmm. So basically, we're going to get 10 additional characters, taking it from 75 characters to 85 characters. Is that on top of the, like, the full cast that's been announced? Yeah, so there's 74 characters in the game just now. 75 if you count Piranha Plant. Then we're getting five additional characters over next year. Then we're going to get another five characters from sort of twenty nineteen to twenty twenty. See, that's fine because if they had like, I mean, if you say, "Oh, there's seventy five characters," oh, but like ten of them will be coming soon. Yeah, I'd be pissed. There's seventy five characters, so on release. 
then there's going to be an additional 10 coming out over the next sort of two years, which I think is going to be pretty good because they've got all the Echo characters out now, which yeah. are pretty much just, they're based on other characters, but they kind of play like their own character enough so that you don't think, oh, that's just a palette swap. They've kind of done it really, really well, I think. Then because they've done that and they've got all the other characters from every other Smash Bros. game put in there in the base roster, they can just focus on making completely new, completely different characters. Or just milk that Pokemon license. Yeah. I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're just going to put in more Fire Emblem characters, more Pokemon characters. To be honest, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if there was <laughs> a couple of other Pokemon characters coming in there. But I think is right there not a character from Animal Crossing? Yeah, there's two. Because there is, isn't like there's a little possum guy or something like that. There's the the villager who's just your create a character from the. I game. remember a villager being in there. And like then there's uh, Isabel, the mayor's assistant, who's just this little dog character who can kick the shit out of you. I just thought it'd be funny to have the uh, the like the this the the the, the bank guy like the raccoon guy or whatever his name is. Oh, the Tom Nook. Yeah, Tom Nook. I think it'd be funny if him like should just start slapping the shit out of you to get his money back. I think I think <laughs> Nintendo would be smart enough to steer into the the stereotype that he breaks people's knees because he owes them money. He's just oh, showing up with brilliant. a claw hammer just, <laughs> Mario, you owe me fucking money, bitch. <laughs> just that breaking kneecaps. I think that'd be great. The question is, oh, honestly, Waluigi. We're Waluigi. Uh, we want Waluigi. You don't, you don't even like Nintendo, man. Why are you keeping this chaos machine going? Just amuses the shit out of me. Didn't help that I saw Jessica Newgrave's Waluigi this week. That yeah. did not help anything. If anything, I can understand why Waluigi fans, I use that in air quotations, <laughs> Would be annoyed that Piranha Plant, who's an enemy that you kind of pay no attention to in the Mario Bros. series, yeah. would get put in the game over Waluigi. That actually does, now that you think about it, it feels like a dig. It, it feels really like does feel like face, a dig. But at the same time, uh, Piranha Plant has been there since the start. Has been there since the start, and they always need to put in that weird character that makes people think, oh, cool, he's not been, he's not been represented in a while. I mean, it's in a plant pot, right? Yeah, he's in a plant pot, but if he jumps, you see little weird vine legs. <laughs> I so was if thinking he's hopping along, you just see these little vine legs. I was thinking legs. it'd be funny if it would just like it could only move by jumping. Like you can't walk. You can you can jump, so like the it makes the effort to like just jump a couple squares. It, but you can run back and forward. It kinda does. Like you don't run in a traditional sense, but it's just if you kinda hop. But every time you hop you see these weird little green legs pop out. Okay. So there's not you can't walk normally, you just kinda shuffle. Yeah. I just was worried that they'd have it like kind of just like slither across the ground. I was yeah. like, it'd be funnier if it like if it's in a plant pot, you see kind of like you know like the Pixar lamp. Yeah, like if it just pops on, yeah, it kind of does that. Yeah, yeah. It if it did that, it'd be pretty yeah. funny. But that's, that's okay. I'll yeah. it. Um, yeah, I can understand. I mean, particularly for me, I, I seen Ken. That was great. And Cinnaroar, I didn't even. I have no interest in Pokemon because I'm not twelve. Uh, Pokemon Go is still a thing. Is it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. How? I mean, I'm still playing, but I'm a fucking lunatic. But there's oh, a please tell me you didn't buy the watch. No. Oh, thank fuck. However, I did notice that recently they put an update out. Uh, you can attach Google Fit, and if you walk, like with your phone in your pocket, it tracks like the movement. Yeah. And you can get walk, like walking distance for that, translates into Pokemon Go. Nice. So that's a nice little, that's a little kind of quality of life improvement. But also, I can attach my uh, like my like off-brand tracker. Yeah. It's fitness app into google fit i'm not sure if it's translating one-to-one for that but it does give me like active moments or something like that which kind of pays off like it doesn't pay off one-to-one which is a shame because i can wear my tracker at work i can walk around all day going like oh my god everything's broken get like fifteen thousand steps come back into pokemon go and 
find that everything has evolved. <laughs> <laughs> it's just got all these hashtags. Um, but no, yeah, actually, it's, it's a weird one. Just talking about Pokemon Go, the reason why I ask about the watches because I know, I know of two people that bought the watch. One of which bought three. Hmm. <laughs> he thought, right? If you have more than one watch, you can you get double the steps. Turns out you can only sync. Funnily enough, one watch per one app. So he had to sell two of them. Turns out no one wanted them, <laughs> so he gave them both away. No, but if you actually go out and it's like a Saturday, normally like a Saturday or Sunday morning, you can if you're walking at the shops, take a look. If you know where like the poker stops and like the the raid yeah. battles and stuff are, you will see people hanging out doing a po- like doing Pokemon raids. I'm like that's that like, it's fun. Yeah, and it's quite cool. Like in a little kind of, I know the moment's gone. It'll never be as good as it was when it first launched. That was like a fun week. Like it was so that funny. That was a fun couple of days. Yeah, I walked to the workout. There's like people were like, "Did you like Pokemon?" Like, yeah, but there was like a Pokemon game. Like I remember playing the Pokemon game when it was Wii. I mean, yeah. I thought, why not? And you're like, that's fun. That's cool. Um, and then people go, "This is stupid. I don't. Why do you? It's it's Pokemon. You're not twelve. You're like, dude, shut the fuck up. I'm playing. Yeah. That. Like I'm a Pikachu. Okay, I find Pikachu. Everybody just be cool. I remember there was a lot of people getting annoyed that most of the Pokemon that you could find were outside churches. Then churches got really annoyed about it because there was just all these people <laughs> with hoodies hanging about outside just going, we're finding Charmanders. <laughs> just high <laughs> off their balls. On that, that first week was fine. The second week was scary when yeah. people got stupid. Like People yeah, were just like... People were trying to walk into secret government areas because they heard hmm. there was a Mewtwo or something. <laughs> it's, hmm. I mean, that's somebody's backyard, but I mean, I'm just out of range. I just, I just hopped the fence. <laughs> there was the actually it was one of uh, yeah, people. I remember, I remember that actually. People standing in people's like homes, yeah, trying to catch Pokemon, like front gardens and shit. Just <laughs> oh wait, oh there's a Jutini. I'm gonna get that. Yeah, it was the. Uh, it's actually one of the original uh, uh, Jake or Logan Paul videos. It's one of his original controversies. Was he was stood in the middle of a it's like a, a business like a, he was on the other end of a road like during the height of pokemon go and he just screamed oh my god it's a charizard like the big lizard yeah um and like people stampeded over jesus over Christ. traffic <laughs> because he just screamed oh my god charizard yeah and he did it as a prank obviously he wasn't that big he wasn't that famous bro. but th- like that was the original kind of like jake paul's a fucking idiot moment so which one was it was it the young moron or the old moron I think it was the old one, which is Logan Paul. Yeah. That's, I don't know. That's I, the prime example of how being dubbed an influencer can be incredibly bad. I think he's just a dick. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a grady cunt. In my yeah. I have no time for any of the Pauls. Yeah. I, I, I did finish that Shane Dawson documentary series on him. Yeah. And it was a bit dissatisfying. There was uh, never really any conclusion. We were never going to get a real conclusion out of it. Yeah, I thought they basically. I thought he was going to go along the lines of, "I've concluded that he's not a bad guy." Well, I think about episode six out of eight, they just they actually get the conclusion of, he's not a sociopath. He is just an idiot. Yeah, he's just doing shit for the views. Yeah, he's 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 gotten on like he has the on camera persona that would lead you to believe he's a sociopath, but when you come down to it, mm, he's not really there. Yeah. He's not quite there. He's uh, he's not there. I think for me, it's just he's not all there mentally. So he's going to do whatever it needs to do. Yeah. To get that sort of online persona put out there. Yeah. But there was way too much of Shane Dawson in that series, and there I'm not were a fan of Shane Dawson. I don't mm. know what it is. I can't, I can't watch him. He's, he cries too much. <laughs> Dude, just get over it. It's not happening to you. <laughs> yeah, you've got empathy. We get it. Get over yeah. it. 
Um, something I've been told to have a severe lack of. <laughs> but he is he is too much of it. I think he's so empathy. Um, but there was he just has too much empathy. He cries too much, and he put too much of himself and the reaction to the series. Like a, a documentary should take place kind of in a bubble. Yeah, a closed set almost. There's like a classic thing of do you remember uh, David Attenborough's uh, Planet Earth? Oh yeah, yeah. There was a scene where a wolf took down a like baby bison. In the like plains of like buttfuck nowhere in the North America, and a guy to sit there and film it, he watched a wolf that was a bit malnourished try to kill a calf for an hour. It took an hour. He did not interfere once. He just sat there filming it because that's his job yeah. as a documentarian. Shane Dawson could learn several lessons for that guy. Although in good news, David Amber is doing a series for Netflix. Nice. Are you ready to pay for Netflix all over again? I'm going to upgrade to the 4K package. <laughs> nice. Shamelessly, I'm paying that 4K right. package. The, the best combination of things, David Attenborough just doing any kind of television show. He's got this way, he's got this way about him where he just takes any subject and makes it interesting as well. The guy's well into his 90s now and he's still working doing pretty dangerous shit. Yeah, I mean, he's, Planet Earth is up on Netflix right now, and if you have never seen that series before... Spend some time. It's yeah. a long Watch. series, but it's worth it. It's worth it, yeah. It's beautifully shot. Absolutely stunning to watch. Absolute game changer as far as documentary, like almost like cinematography as well. Yeah. There's stuff that was put in place there by the BBC that is now kind of common practice, but you remember this was filmed 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. It's phenomenal television. It's, it's one of those things that I don't pay for a TV license because I don't watch live television. The BBC as an educational platform through stuff like Planet Earth, that's where they could justify their money for me. Yeah. But I just, that's one of the reasons I'm like, the BBC can do good shit. As an example, Planet Earth. Yeah. Although, speaking of the BBC, uh, I've heard the biggest sort of U turn on uh, Doctor Who that I've ever seen on right. any television show. People were all over the globe were going, Oh, I'm I'm off Doctor Who. How dare they make the Doctor a woman? How dare they make this? <laughs> literally, quite literally, gender fluid. Just everything fluid. <laughs> a a shape shifting alien, a woman. Amorphous being that just yeah. happens to take a human form. Yeah. Just, how dare that? Then people started, you know, saying, "Oh, uh, Jodie Wh- uh, Jodie is going to be the worst Doctor ever." Uh, now that they've watched it, they're saying that Jodie Whittaker's actually pretty fucking good, and yeah. all these guns have just been dropped. Yeah, because you, I was like, I wonder what it's gonna be like when Dom watches Female Doctor and is like, no, she's good, she's good, she's good. I mean, I've got nothing against her. I've, uh, I haven't seen her in much. Yeah. She's been a couple of episodes of Broadchurch, and I think being in Broadchurch helped her because she's working alongside the best Doctor Who, David Tennant. Yeah, I have to believe that there were some pointers getting chucked out. So she's saying, "This is what you need to do. You need to be genuine. You need there had to have been something gone there, and it's it's not it's not a it's not a bad way to introduce the Doctor. Especially nowadays, it's not a bad way to carry the Doctor. So yeah. It's pretty good, and it's not... Some of the episodes are kind of on the lower scale in terms of the grand adventure aspect of it, but I think they're playing it safe. They're trying to start, get the character on her feet first, then they're going to go, right, she's going to do this now, and then she's going to run from there. And you can't have a TV show going at 110% all the time. Yeah, I think that's where they kind of... They failed towards uh, Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi. They just tried to have it at 100 every episode. Yeah. At one point, he should, like, at, not at, like, the season finale, but, like, for no fucking reason, Satan shows up in uh, one of those uh, old episodes. 
season. That's when a David Tennant season. Yeah, but yeah. I mean the fact that you would just say the literal and then, fucking devil, and then the devil shows up. You're like, hey, yeah, you <laughs> slow down, man. That was actually one of the better episodes, the Satan Pit. <laughs> All right, it was actually a pretty good episode. Yeah. Oh, um, do you know? I think there's a weird thing with the new season of South Park. I've noticed a weird recurring theme of the old garden that show dying out. I don't know. You think they're oh. just trying to get rid of the old characters and bring in some new ones? or There's a few ones where, I mean, Officer Barbary, they left a while ago and replaced some of the detective. I think we've talked yeah. about that before. But there's also been a number of characters. Uh, for example, Al Gore's back okay. uh, with Man Bear Pig. <laughs> you guys, I'm super serial. It's Man Bear Pig. He's, he's here to kill us all. He's part man, part bear, part pig. It's um, more of a half bear man pig. <laughs> People get different. No, I think it's more of a pig bear man. <laughs> <laughs> they um, they also have the devil has returned. All right, okay. Uh, minus uh, Saddam Hussein, which yeah, is obviously But yeah, he's like Satan's back and uh, man bear pig's back. And uh, it's actually more brutal than it was in Imagination Land. Really? But also the, the animation for yeah, South the Park got better. has improved a bit. Like it's it's still South Park, but like it's clearly like South Park 5.0. Yeah. Um, and now we're looking at it and it's like, Man Bear Pig looks fucking terrifying. <laughs> Man Bear Pig has been hitting the squat rack. It's one thing to say for sure. I mean, fucking, it's really like massively thick legs and you see them like impouncing with the legs and you're like, Oh my god, they actually animated like muscle on his legs. This is South Park. Like, they're supposed to just bounce along the ground. If you ever watched, I actually went back and watched like uh, the opening five, ten minutes of like an old South Park episode. I was like, man, I really used to love this. Like, I don't actually, I'm worried I might not be able to watch this now. (laughs) Still funny, but it's more different, just like the animation style. I actually went back and rewatched, or actually, I say rewatched, I've never actually watched a full episode of it, but Monty Python's Flying Circus. Oh yeah, great show. It's good, but it's weird. Like it's definitely of its time. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Especially when you hear some of John Cleese's bits, you get that would only really have landed back in the seventies or eighties whenever that was first on. It was the. Uh, it was I, I just like episode one, season one, episode one, and it was Beethoven presents the uh, the greatest deaths, and it's just John Cleese doing a weirdly like bad Austrian accent, saying like Ah, good evening. <laughs> Here we are with. The top ten deaths of the week, and <laughs> now we go towards the our new entrance, Genghis Khan. Take it away, Genghis. <laughs> <laughs> and it just—it's just a guy dressed up vaguely like Genghis Khan or a yeah. Mongolian warrior, and it's clearly not a Mongolian guy. I think it's just an English guy clearly in a tent. Michael Palin with some furs on, walking backwards and forwards, and he just slips like he fell on a banana peel in like a vaudevillian like skit, and he just like dies like impaled on a sword. <laughs> Okay, uh, <laughs> this is like five minutes into episode one. Yeah, <laughs> and I was told there was some weird shit in Monty Python, but yeah, damn son, that was weird. Impressive though. You know, like it's nice to they were like out there pushing buttons. Yeah, uh, I think that was uh, a lot of comedians nowadays credit Monty Python as being the. That's where it started. People that you know got weird and got in people's faces. Monty Python were the people that kicked that off. <laughs> so. Yeah, uh, Monty Python, they have quite a few decent comedians to answer for. And some really, really bad comedians to answer for as well. <laughs> I'm worried about this because it's, it's a sketch show and I've not watched a sketch show in a while. Hmm. The last one I watched might have been uh, that Mitchell and Webb look, which is really good. Big fan of that I haven't one. watched it in a while. I think I might have watched it when it was on BBC. 
Like BBC ages ago. Well, yeah. I think I've watched it anytime since. Maybe I think that's on Netflix. That's where I watched yeah. it. So yeah, if you can give it a go, it's worth a watch. Um, but I haven't watched a sketch show since then, and I'm worried that I'm so used to just like the narrative being parts of the jokes. I'm worried that might not work. So we'll see. You ready to wrap up? Yeah. I mean, I'm always for a good sketch show, but I think improv has ruined <laughs> ruined a sketch show for me. I'm more, I'm more, I'm more like, I'm more prefer to see. Uh, Someone just trying to react to a scene instead of just right. This is the scene. Next scene. Improv is really hard. I don't know if I. Yeah, it's fucking yeah. difficult. <laughs> I, I know a few friends that do improv classes and take improv quite seriously. That were doing sort of drama and stuff at school, or uh, sort of they wanted to do drama and acting professionally. They said the one thing that they had to do time and time again just to get it in their head was improv. Hmm. But yeah, improv is always a good thing. Improv. Yep. Improv. You don't remember that family guy bit, do you? No. No, it's just a weird... I was, just, I was wondering why you are just saying the word improv. It's a weird cutaway gag to... Um, it's, it's a guy called... It's a guy who does a show called Behind the Actor Studio. And it oh, is, James Lipton. Yeah. And it's just like... It's, um, it's I think, two characters that improv. And it just cuts to James Lipton just yelling at the camera, Improv! <laughs> and it's... I don't know why the hell it's so funny, but because I, I watched Inside the Actor Studio quite a bit. I was like, oh yeah, that's, this, that was weird. I didn't see that one coming. Um, I just before I'm gonna. I wrap think, I think that was the first time I kind of got to grips with what a voice actor was. Yeah. And I seen that. Oh, that guy voices Homer Simpson. And holy shit, Bart Simpson's a girl. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty Did, cool. Didn't see that one coming. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna wrap up the show. I think, yeah. but I want to piss you off first. Okay, it doesn't take much. I'm not gonna lie. You already feel old. More so than more so than your clacking knee. Yeah, it's just the right one, man. It hurts like shit. But then again, it's the day after a game of rugby, so I'm probably going to be sore as fuck tomorrow. It does look like someone beat the shit out of it with a hammer. Oh, no, someone, uh, there's obviously people in the pod, people listening to the podcast can't see, but there's two perfect circles on my right knee where someone just decided that that knee's in the wrong place. I'm going to kick the shit out of it until it moves. Yeah. So yeah, I uh, ended up judo flipping that guy. <laughs> It was a tackle, but I was moving as I tackled him, so I thought, right, I, I need to put him down, but he stomped on me, so I just threw him off the shoulder. Well, anyway, it. might yeah. as well get it. Yeah, may as well. So you want to you want to get me enraged before <laughs> before we finish the show. So do you remember teen, uh, the show Teen React from the React channel? Remember, like, the Fine Bros? Oh, yeah, they yeah, fucked the up people, royally? Yeah, <laughs> when they tried to copyright the word React. Yeah, GG guys, there are GGs in the chat. Um, we well, they did the React series and they had the Teens React series, and I've yeah. always, always been waiting on the day I got annoyed at those kids. Today is that day. Now, this is not our favorite band, but we all know how old we are when we heard My Chemical Romance, The Black Parade. Yes, <laughs> it's I, it might, I might remember the uh. The kids don't recognize that song anymore, Dom. Good. It's a fucking horrible song. I know, but that was the song when we were like little kids and teenagers. Like when we were on teen, when we would have been on Teens React, that song was out. Yeah. But the yes. kids these days are like, this, a kid said, this sounds old. Oh, God. <laughs> Motherfucker. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't even like my chemical romance. What the fuck was that? Yeah. I mean, the big issue was that was probably, I mean, that was during the bad days of SCUS. Yeah, which is now gone. 2003 to 2018. 
Had a good couple of years in there. Yeah, from and 2003 to 2005, it was, it was real good. Maybe it's 2008. Yeah. But yeah, they had at least a, a maximum of five good years before they just went, let's put as much, as much screamo, pop punk, pop rock bullshit as we could in there. Yeah. It was weird that they were like, for a while, they were the bastion against when Kerrang became yeah. obsessed with like uh, pop punk. Yeah. You're like, let's go to Scuzz, yeah, but there won't be any pop punk. Yeah. And then all of a sudden Scuzz it was crept in there. Yeah, they just kind of bled over each other. Scuzz was always that channel that you switched to whenever Kerrang was getting shit. Yeah, I'm, I missed the old, uh, it was like top 10 uh, death metal or new metal things. You're like, here we go. Here's that good shit. Give yeah. me. <laughs> I always remember watching it's like top 10 uh, newest releases or something. And it was always number one band that you've never heard of with screamo as fuck song <laughs> and then you just thought i'm gonna go to scuzz and it'd be top 10 pop punk tracks i'm like fucking get on well, well i guess i'm done with this for the day and this is before youtube was actually viable yeah, as a before music youtube book. spotify where you could just you know google limp biscuit and set up and wait for it to come on uh, come on kerrang I remember when like YouTube videos used to have like HD uh like sound they'd be like oh this this video like this shitty upload of like a Linkin Park song has uh HD sound <laughs> no you don't there's no way to do HD sound on YouTube yeah. like you can at most put it to like seven twenty p yeah at that point like I think that was really. the best actually four eighty p was probably the best at that point yeah yeah um, or you'd get the video that was just then uh, you'd put up. <laughs> you'd be looking for just a, a wait and bleed music video and it'd be like, oh in high def ultra high definition <laughs> so this is 2010 there's no way that'll be right there's no way that's that right and also it's just a picture of the album cover yeah have you noticed actually if you've been on youtube if you go back to old videos that uh i, th I can't remember what it was i went back to watch something that was like old school youtube uh there's now youtube videos on a four by the aspect ratio really normally it's a 16 by 9 like the same you would get for television yeah there are now them that have there's now youtube videos that have like a much more boxy video like there's a like it's not like there's a black bar at the side yeah. like the web page is there and the video player is four by three hmm. as opposed to 16 by nine i was like hmm interesting i did not notice that no yeah, i just it amused me i was like hey i didn't see that before but yeah that uh kind of happy that it's that music that's not been remembered but i'm pretty sure if you asked them oh what does this sound like and you played some early slipknot <laughs> and they just went oh what the fuck is that that's old man music i probably would throw a table at them dude my brother sent me uh there's a new slipknot track uh, yeah and it's good i need uh, was it, is it called the loss of life or something uh i need to check that because it's on my youtube play music thing it's like the last thing i listened to because he sent me it and i was like oh all right Let's see, uh, I mean, the Grey chapter was phenomenal. Yeah, it was a great, I mean, great, great record. If you want to talk about you know, a band healing, I guess, that would have been All Out of Life. Or All Out Life. All Out Life. There you go. And it was good, but I was like, man, it's really heavy. Excuse me? They're a heavy metal band. Excuse me, motherfucker. <laughs> Do you know what Slipknot is? Okay? They're a heavy band. They play loud music. They've been yeah. taking it easy for the last few years. They're a heavy band. Yeah. Okay, this is what yeah, they the great chapter was them, like as you said, healing because they lost. Yeah, they lost Paul Gray. Paul Gray. I don't know why I was going to call him Jim Gray. <laughs> Jim Root's a guitarist. Jim Root. I, I think yeah. that that'd be a hell of a fusion. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Root and Paul Gray just did the fusion dance. They've, they've, they did the fusion dance, but they keep four arms, so they can play like a double bass, double guitar yeah, at got, the same they've time. Got like two guitars each. Yeah, uh, but that was. It was a shame to see that happen, and actually, that was like a weird moment for me because that was the first time I'd seen them unmasked. 
Hmm. I was like, I was not ready for this shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not supposed to know that these guys all have normal human faces. He's supposed to be a clown. He's supposed to be a zombie guy. He's supposed to have his head caved in. That's what Slipknot is. Yep. Why do they have faces? Why are my daddies crying? <laughs> 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 this is not okay. But yeah, it was a weirdly sobering moment for, for that to happen. But it's, it's good to they're making new music. But to hear that they're being a bit heavy, like, Hello ladies and gentlemen, it's uh, Colin here. I'm here in the kind of editing stage of the podcast. And normally we end the show with uh, what we call the showstopper. This is where we bring the best or weirdest story we can find to end the podcast. Now, in the actual episode, I talked about uh, two medical conditions called amnesia and aphantasia. Uh, they're basically just weird mental issues that you could have related to not being able to comprehend music or not being able to mentally visualize stuff. Now, just because these weren't actually that interesting as subject matters, it was a bit of a damp squib. So, rather than leave you with some weirdly kind of not landing jokes, I actually thought it'd be better if we could maybe just take a moment to go back to one of the stories we talked about earlier in the podcast, which was Rusty's Extra Life stream. Now, during the show, we were at the point where the main live stream had finished raising $1.415 million. Turns out that after that, uh, Jeremy Dooley from Achievement Hunter streamed about 20 hours worth of Spiral Reignited Trilogy gameplay and the community rallied again to raise a further $60,000, bringing the grand total to roughly $1.480 million for the Extra Life Kids Foundation, especially those guys go for uh, St. Jude's Hospital in Texas. So just to end the show on a bit of a high note, we thought we'd kind of bring that news back to the fore again and end you with a kind of a showstopper of a nice variety as opposed to the stories that we normally bring. Just thought it would be a good excuse to highlight some of the good that gamers can do in the world. And if you'd like to contribute further to the fundraising for Extra Life, we will leave a donation link down in the the show note. But thank you for listening and you can reach out to us on social media at Twitter uh, via at gibberpish. Or you can email the podcast at jibberfishpodcast at gmail.com. And we will be back with another episode very soon where I'm sure we have uh, quite a bit to discuss.